All right. Sitting here with my grandpa again. How you doing today, grandpa? Uh, good. It's a uh, good Friday today. That it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't have to work today, so gave me a little opportunity to sneak in an actual recording. Yeah. Good deal. You don't need those days off. Yeah, it's nice. It's definitely nice. Now, I know uh, we left off last time talking about some fishing stories. And uh, I've got a list of questions here. I wanted to ask you, too, just a little bit about childhood and a couple general questions. So, I don't know if you wanted to get into that first, and then we can get into some fishing, or how you wanted to do well, that. <laughs> it, either way, that's fine to me, so I just go for it. All right. We'll start with uh, some childhood stuff, and then we can go to fishing, because I know we can probably ramble on that for a while. If that's all right with you. Sure. All right. So, um, childhood. What what type of stories were told to you as a kid? You know, whether it was your parents, grandparents. Do you remember any, um, like any family stories or any, uh, you know, like nighttime stories, anything like that? <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Well, I'd have to, jeez, I don't know. I, I'd have to, wish I could had something without thinking about that. I got stories. <laughs> I don't know if it's stories. I mean, I can hear a lot of, you know, remember a lot of conversations. I don't know if it's just about different things. I'm trying to, well, that's, that's a tough one. Because so, everything... It's just more conversation and stories about different things. Well, I mean, even, you know, was there, like, uh, <clears throat> any family, like, lore or uh, legends, for example, you know? Not necessarily of, like, immigration or anything like that, but, you know, like, maybe your grandpa did something crazy that nobody let him live down or one of your <laughs> uncles or something. Well, <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm trying to think about them. <laughs> so many of them. So. Wow, tough one. We got we got time. I'm just uh, <laughs> out here watching these birds and hearing the frogs. So. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll take a recording well, of the frogs. I can remember uh, that one story. I can remember. Oh, my two cousins, Sam and Lester, <laughs> they were always fighting physically. I mean, you know, the time they get done with each other, they'd have each other's shirt ripped off, you know, so. <laughs> and her mother was always after him with a broom, you know, she banging on him with a broom or something, trying to break him up and stuff, so. But that one I kind of remember. You know, those two guys were always <laughs> going at it, you know. It was kind of a <laughs> ongoing thing. I, was, I don't know why they may have loved each other, to, you know, like two brothers do, but they were always in, arguing about something. So, yeah, my cousin Sam, guys, I swear you didn't, you couldn't, you didn't have no pain. Not, you couldn't feel pain. 
You could hit him over the head with anything, and he just wouldn't face him. He was always in fights anyway. He'd go to a football game, and it'd always be see a bunch of people around him. <laughs> go over there, and there was Sam. He's always in a, wound up in a fight somehow. I don't know how it ever <laughs> happened, but but that was just who he was. <laughs> he was a good guy, but he wasn't. You know, he wasn't an angry guy or anything. He was always having a good mood and everything. But for some reason, he always uh, wound up fighting somebody all the time. Just kind of how he settled any sort of feud, huh? Yep. (laughs) No compromise with that guy. No. I mean, you know, after Sam and Lester would wind up in a fight or something, then they'd always get... It'd be worse after their... Mother and dad got done whipping on him, you know, so yeah, it was a kind of a double whammy for him. Beating on each other, and then their mother and dad would beat on him too, so. No win situation. No. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he won his fight. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're going to wind up losing eventually, you know, to your mother and your dad, so. You might win sometime with your brother, but not with your dad. No, that's, you know. Tale as old as time right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a tough well, one to beat. Well, yeah. Then I remember thinking about a couple of t- stories about my Aunt Joy. She couldn't, she's not a very good driver. <laughs> and uh, twice has happened. Uh, she One time she was over, she stopped at my, that was the same place my uncle, person, Aunt Mary, where Sam and lived, you know, their, their parents. She stopped over there with a the car and got out of the car with the car still in gear and the car went through across the road and ran into this house, across the neighbor's house. And, I, you know, she it was kind of a joke around town because she couldn't, she, she was, you know, that's just who she was. She was absent-minded, I guess, you know. And one time she did that when she was getting gas. She left a hose in the, on a gas tank, took off with it, you know, ripped that out, so. She was uh, always doing something like she was really a good lady, but she was <laughs> she she did a lot of things like that. It was kind of funny. Always slipping up somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, and my mother didn't drive, so when I started, geez, I was fourteen or fifteen, and she wanted to just go somewhere, so I'd have to, you know, she wanted me to take her somewhere. I'd have to go. Uh, I'd have to be the driver. I mean, a lot of times I wasn't even, I didn't have a license, you know, I was like 14, 15. 15, I guess she did have a permit, but I know I went, I took her a lot of times when I was only 14. Sometimes it was just downtown, you know, just a couple blocks, but it was, I didn't take her long ways, you know, just maybe the next town there was only Middleton, you know, mile and a half, but, well. That's wherever she needed to go. Yeah. So that was interesting. Which had <laughs> me kind of jumping around, but it reminds me of another story. And I, t- I don't know if I ever mentioned this. Maybe I've already said that about my when my sister was uh, and her husband Jim. He was a veterinarian. He was going to school at Michigan State. You know, that's a seven-year program back then. You know, so he went there a long time. I went to a lot of football games when he was going. That was back in the '60s, and they had a good team then. But getting back to that story, that went. To, he was working at Oldsmobile part time. While he was going to school? Yeah. And now, uh, was this while you were there? Yeah. And, uh, well, no, I wasn't working. I wasn't old enough then. I was only like, I think I was 15 because 
Well, at this time of the story, then, because they bought a brand new Oldsmobile 88. It was all white, you know, and it had a convertible. And it had the top down. And my sister worked on the campus out there. And if you've ever been out to campus, you know, you're just going around in circles all the time. All those yeah. buildings, they all look the same. Even back then? Back then, yeah. So. Yeah, it does, it's not much... It's not any less confusing now. No, I'm not. It's confusing. No, it is, yeah. I still get confused. Uh, well, we dropped my sister off once when it worked. She worked out there in some office. I don't know where. I don't remember now. But And then we was Jim took me. He was going to go to work, and he had to. Uh, so we, he drove down to Oldsmobile and jumped out, and he says, go pick my sister. Go pick your sister up. And I said, oh, What? I don't know where to go. So, I mean, I didn't even know how to get to East Lansing, to tell you the truth. You know, I was only, you know, I haven't driven around Lansing. I was only like 15. I was driving around town with my top down in the convertible, you know. And I finally did make it to the campus. I was driving around circles out there, and pretty soon my sister, I kept, I guess I got close enough where she seen me driving around, so she came out and weighed <laughs> me down. So, yeah, that was, that was kind of scary. I mean, you know, I was cruising around town in this nice convertible. Didn't know where I was going though, but I found up. I wound up making a connection with my sister eventually. Yeah, he just jumped out and says, "Hey, go pick, go pick Marlene up." I said, "Really? <laughs> where? I don't know. It's out <laughs> in the, just you'll find her somewhere." Huh? I eventually did. So I knew she was. I knew where it was at. I mean, I knew we dropped her off. I'd been there before, but trying to remember that, you know, out in that campus, that was. That was interesting. I'll never, I'll never forget that. Yeah, that's actually pretty incredible because, I mean, <clears throat> definitely before cell phones, so it's not like he called her and was like, hey, you know, Roger's riding around, just watch for him. Yeah. You know, how <laughs> does that, she must have just known that he was supposed to pick her up or something, so yeah. she, she was watching for the car. Yeah. That's all you I know, can she guess. was getting out of work, you know, so, must have been, I don't know if she was outside or I don't remember now, but she just seen me out, sir, waving me down, so... <laughs> Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, I used to drive that. That was a nice car. That was a 88. It was white on the outside and had a red interior, you know. It was really neat. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. 15, you know, cruising around in a convertible, you know. Well, it is. <laughs> well, I used to drive. They used to let me take it a lot, you know. I used to drive it a lot, so. Yeah, it was. Tim was a good guy. Before your license, he just let, oh, you, let you take his convertible? Yeah. That is a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd never heard that story. Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember what she uh, used to do working on campus? No, nah, she was working in some office, secretarial work of some kind, you know. Mm. So. Yeah, she was helping out. So was she going to school then too, or was she no. just working on campus? Yeah, she was just working on campus. Huh. But that was an interesting time because. Michigan State had a really good football team during that time, you know. And Jim used to take me to football games. And <laughs> I remember this because he, we'd have to he'd get me in on a, his uh, ID card, you know, college. You know, you know, had a picture of him. He, has, he had a butch at that time. Well, really short hair. My hair was real long. And uh, <laughs> you have to use that. You know, the card to get into the game, you give it a ticket. He'd have a ticket for me, but he'd go in first, go back around, and you stand here by this little screen here, you know, like a little fence. 
and I'll, bring, I'll come back and give you the my ID so you can get through. I said, okay. He hand me that ID, and I look at it, and I thought, man, this is not going to work. <laughs> he didn't look anything like me, and I got to go, and I was kind of scared. I thought, oh, man, what are they going to do if they catch me? I'm fine, you know. So I walked in there, you know, and I walked to him and hand him that, and they, you know, they don't care. They just looked at him and says, okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine they would care too much. Yeah. As long as it's a college kid, you know, yeah. if you have some. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I was, like I said, I don't know, 14 or 13, 14, because he went through there a long time. I went, to, you know, that was, so I had a lot of games in Mitchell we used to do. He used to take me to those games, and well, my sister didn't go, but yeah, I see a lot of football games, and. Each time it was the same, you know, give me that, he'd go through first, go back to that little <laughs> fence, hand his little ID thing with me, back through there and I'd take it. <laughs> but each time though, I still was kind of worried about it, so, but it never, never happened. I'm sure, now I'm looking back and I'm thinking, you know, because I was a kid then, you know, so you something like that, you would think, I don't know what you're going to do if they, you know, if I catch if me. They get, yeah, if they get like, caught. Yeah, I'll say, oh, you're not a, I don't look like you. Yeah, but I mean, he, you know, he also might have known somebody that. Yeah, I mean, it was a sure it was a common thing. It probably a lot of some a lot of people did the same thing. Now, was that just so you didn't have to pay for the ticket, or why was? Do you remember why that? Well, I think because if you're, I don't know if it was a you get a different rate or something if you're a, you know, student going to school or something. Ah, so. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, do you remember, uh, I know you were talking, you're probably 13, 15, but do you remember about how old you were when he started going to school there? Hmm. Like, did you graduate high school before he graduated from his... Yeah, uh, I think so, because he... Not by much, though. I don't remember. I might have been right around the same time when we graduated, because I remember when I graduated from high school... He says, we was at my mother and dad's, and he says, I'm be, hang on, I'll be right back. So he goes down to the bar, tavern there in Parrington, comes back with a case of beer. And I didn't know what he was going to do. He says, here, I, give me here's a, give me a case of beer. So me and my friend, we had a case of beer that night, you know, that we graduated. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, I was kind of, you know, I don't, <laughs> he wouldn't be able to do that to anybody anymore, but I mean, you know. Not legally, no. Drinking age no, is twenty one. I mean, yeah, now. right. Yeah, but yeah, and uh, that's kind of a common thing, you know. Back then, you know, didn't you know drinking part? You know, alcohol was a lot different. I mean, you know, was there it, even a drinking age back? Well, yeah, I mean, know, it was okay. still uh, twenty one. You know, but oh, I thought it was eighteen for a know, while. It might have been. I, you know what? It's so long ago. I forgot a lot of things. So, <laughs> but some of that stuff you don't forget. So, you know, those, some of the stuff that you know, you just can't forget some of those things. No, having a graduating yeah. case. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I seen him coming. He, you know, he just walked downtown and he was coming back carrying something. I didn't know what it was. He said, "Oh, I got you something." Ah, oh, hand me a case of beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to say common because you know it was a lot different then. You know that was. I don't know. It's, I don't think it probably better now. I mean, you know, because it wasn't a good thing. Probably just uh, give those young people the 
alcohol and they you know don't know how to use it which is <laughs> what it really yeah and, i mean you know and you're responsible for that now so you can't you probably would have been then too but you know just it was just a more of a different time you know people look at those things a lot different than they do now yeah i mean it still happens but it's uh i don't know a little more discreet uh, you know yeah typically not always but mm. typically yeah a beer one time that's the only time i ever i spent a night in jail for that once with my friend paul henny <laughs> Well, we had another case of be right sitting in right back seat of the car. And we pulled up to the stoplight on Ithaca, and he turned, went north towards Elma. I mean, he took off about as fast as his car would go, and I thought, well, man, what are you doing? We didn't get very far, and all the lights come on, you know. So we, I thought, oh. So we got pulled us over, and I put the beer bottle between my ear on the floor between my feet, you know, so. And, and I don't want to call, you know, police officer, he looks in the car and says, what are you guys doing? Well, not much, you know, we're just out having, going for a little ride, you know, so. Well, you guys want to, you want me to get out of the car, so I get out of the car and the beer bottles fell on the floor, you know, I mean, tipped over, fell outside, you know. And, the, and then, you look, you shined in the back and there was that case of beer sitting there and he says, <laughs> well, yeah, kind of make it a little shorter story. We wound up in jail. He took us to jail that night. <laughs> and I'll never forget it because we used to, we was in the jails right next to each other in cells, separate jail cells. And we had one pack of cigarettes between. We could kind of have it back and forth, you know. Oh, they let, they let you smoke yeah. in there? But he had some kind of a, like a tin can or something. All of a sudden, you started wrapping that thing across the, you know, the, the bars. bars on it. And I thought, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Man, oh man, I saw, you know, I didn't want to, I was just keep this quiet. And wait. Of course, I can remember that because I remember that little smut slab there that you kind of laid down on. That's all it was. There wasn't nothing on it. You know, and then I had all these drawings on the side of the wall, you know. Yep. Yep. But, you know. Smut slab. Yeah. That's what you sit on or sleep on, you know. I guess it was okay because I, I slept all night <laughs> after I fell asleep. But. You know, I could have went home that night, but I guess my mother didn't want me to want me to spend the night in jail, so I didn't get out until the next morning. And then I thought, just for a lesson, yeah, probably. Yeah, she just left me there. You know, what I mean, because he said, "Well, I, you know, they contact her and says, well, we got your son here in jail." <laughs> I guess she just probably said, "Well, I guess you might as well leave him there till the morning. We'll come get him." You know. I remember I had my coat out there, and so we, they come up to get me and say, you know, well, first thing, I remember this, in the morning, I brought the breakfast in or something. It's like, I had to, you know, it was, I'll never forget, it was just, it was a spot there on the cell thing where it was wider than the rest, you know, the rest of the the bars there where you could, he sets a little tray down so you could slide it under. I thought, man, I didn't know I was, uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't know I was up bad of a criminal, you know, and they weren't even going to open the door for me, so I had to slide it <laughs> under the door, and it was like a piece of, I don't know, it was, I couldn't eat any of it, and it was like a dry know, pancake it, or yeah, something. Yeah, something, I said, I can't eat that, you know, so. 
But then when they finally come up and got me, says, well, okay, you can, they're going to go down and take you downstairs. And, and my coat was up there somewhere. I can't remember. I reached over to get my coat. And the guy said, oh, no, don't leave your coat there. He said, I said, he said you're going to need that. You ain't going nowhere. I said, uh-oh. You know, that kind of scared me because I thought I was going home. And he said, no, leave your coat here. You ain't, you ain't going nowhere. So I said, <laughs> you're going to. And then I didn't know what to do. And then I thought, uh-oh, you're going to keep me here. But eventually they let me go. So then I had to, <laughs> I had a little ping pong table. I had to sell that to pay my fine. I mean, remember that. <laughs> had to sell the ping pong table? Yeah, because it wasn't that much, you know. I mean, the, the fine wasn't that much, but I guess, you know, my mother wasn't going to pay my fine for me without, well, I think she probably did, got me out of jail, but then I had to pay her back or something, you know. Yeah. Well, it was a good lesson. Learned something. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I honestly, I didn't even know you spent a night in jail. <laughs> yeah, one night, a night in my life, you know, I'd like to say I never have, but, you know. Oh, I? yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Give me one second, I'm going to click this button here. Okay. All right, maybe that'll clear it up a little bit. I'll have to go out and take the spikes out in editing. I didn't realize that uh, I must have unclicked a button when I was hooking it up. Mm. My earphones have been getting a little fuzzy here and there, so I don't know if I got to send them back because they're brand new or if maybe that was it. We'll see. But, all right, well, uh, yeah, they're still doing it. Probably have to send them back. Mm. Anyway, what about some of your favorite toys when you were a kid? (laughs) Well... Some of those things I can remember that when I was real small. And, I mean, everything was about cowboys, Indians, you know. That was a big thing. <laughs> I loved having my little cap guns, you know, my little holster. For some reason, I remember that really fun, you know. I thought I was, I don't know, you know, bad, bad cowboy, you know. You got to, <laughs> well, I remember I had, sometime, I think it must have been for Christmas, I got a, Holster and two cap guns. I mean, guns on both sides, you know. So, man, that made oh, yeah. feel pretty good, you know. You want to add, yeah, and those cap guns are a lot better than the ones you buy now. You know, they were really, they were pretty cool. You know, they was like, I remember my guns were silver and my holsters were black. You know, it's like Lone Ranger or something. You know? Yep. You know, and when you're a kid, boy, that was a big thing. So, I remember that pretty distinctively. Yeah, they were probably good cap guns, too. Oh, yeah, that's Heavy, what I mean. you yeah, know? They, yeah, they were good stuff, you know. That, a lot different than the kind of junk you buy now, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything's plastic. Yeah, it's all plastic and stuff. flimsy. Mm-hmm. So, did they take the same type caps? You know, the six or eight ring. No, they were all those round roll caps. Oh and, yeah, yeah. With the, the paper. They, yeah, and those are neat. You know. Yeah, that was fun. You know, just loading them. Left that little. Open it up and load those caps in there, you know, just like you, you know, you thought you were just really lo- loading your guns up. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, during my generation of growing up, that's what it was. It was all about. There was a lot of Western movies, and it was all about cowboys, you know, cowboys and Indians, basically, you know. So somehow the Indians are always the bad ones, but you know, <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> I mean, we know 
Yeah. That's not necessarily true, but. Not necessarily true, no, I know, <laughs> but I mean, you know, we were going up, that's the way it was. It seemed like, you know, it was always a. Propaganda. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, even the old movies are the same, you know, it's always the Indians were bad people, you know. Yeah, there was always the old wagon, train things, you know, and they always being attacked by the Indians. <laughs> so, how long were you in that phase? Man, I, well, geez, that Western phase lasted a long time. I mean, all through my younger age. So, I don't know how that eventually kind of phased out a little bit, you know. Maybe up till your teens? Probably, yeah. So, yeah. after your teens, you know, well, even when you were a kid, you know, other than the cowboy stuff, what, uh, did you have any, you know, just something you would sit down and play with? Or I know you probably were outside most of the time, but did you have like, uh, you know, like, what's that, the cup and string, the ball and string? Oh, yeah. With the you cup? mean a little paddle thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We always, those are cool. Yeah, I remember that. That was fun. You know, that, we had those. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I remember there was a little gun I had that was a little pop gun, you know, you could load it up, it's like little, it's like little ping pong balls, you know, it had a little pump thing on it, I, <laughs> I can still remember that, but that was, I could lay down, get behind, behind the chairs, you know, wait for somebody to come in. And just start well, popping them? Start blasting them, you know, <laughs> bang, 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 you know, and you gotta go find all your balls, you know, you'll, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how often did you lose those? Well, yeah, I can well, I remember. I know that, you know, he was, they'd, they'd go some funny places, so you might end up losing some once in a while. <laughs> they were pretty, yeah, just like those ping pong balls. You hit something, they go bang, 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 you know, bouncing off and everything, so. I mean, even like, you know, modern day kids and their Nerf guns losing their oh, yeah. Nerf darts. Yeah. <clears throat> probably like the same probably thing. pretty similar. Yeah, yeah, probably the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I think mine is better, though. I love that little pop gun I have. I mean, it wasn't a pop gun. It was more, you know, pop, they did have pop guns. You know, those are cork things. You know, this is a bob, you know, with the, you know, they would. Yeah, load like balls up in it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you hit your teens, are there any toys that stuck out or anything like that? Oh, uh, jeez. Any hobbies that you started well, to pick up, know, like well, special we interests? The only thing we did when we were younger was just we just played baseball all day, and we got tired of playing baseball. We got on the crank and go swimming, you know, so that was pretty much our summer recreation. But, you know, that, well, we used to have BB gun fights. I remember that for a little while. That happened to, <laughs> yeah, I've been shot a few times at BB guns, you know. And I don't. I don't know why that ever happened, but just a little <laughs> period there when everybody wanted to have a, oh, I remember there was, you know, Carolyn, my wife's uh, brother, he, he had a pump, and nobody, he, and that one was uh, that Daisy pump. Didn't want to get shot with that one, that one there hurt. <laughs> one pump? What are we yeah. talking? Yeah, just that one pump, but I mean, it was more powerful than the rest, you know, if somebody gets a gun that's more powerful than the other one, and everybody would be, oh, I want one like that, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I can see that too because you know, kind of even the odds yeah. a little bit make it keep it fun. Yeah. You know, if you got something that yeah, barely stings, that yeah. dude'll just stand there, take the shot, and shoot you. You know. Mm -hmm. Like if you get shot with a little, you know, a little red rider thing or something. You know, if you get shooting shot in the pant leg, if you got a little 
playing it, you wouldn't even feel it. You could just know you got shot, but if you got it tight on your skin, you know, it'd sting a little bit. But yeah, I got shot a few times. I guess everybody did, and you know, for I don't think that lasts very long. You know, I remember there was a some reason we just had had that little period of time, and everybody would want to have a little. I don't know, like a little gang fights, I guess. I mean, we had different <laughs> teams, you know, and you were shooting each other, but those things didn't last. I guess kind of a dangerous thing, I guess, but, you know, when you're a kid, you don't think about that. I mean, you know, in case you get shot in the eye, you know. Right. You got to shoot yourself in the eye. And all that. The Christmas, Christmas story. story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, during that time, what were some of your favorite school subjects or your favorite subject? Oh, probably uh, lunchtime would be my favorite. I'd go home for dinner, I guess. You know, I didn't like school. Oh, they let you go home? Well, when I lived in Parrington, well, you know, yeah, you know, on the lunch break, we could go home, but I could go, I could run home and get something to eat. Especially when I had a high school one year in high school in Parrington. So the first class I had after lunch was shop <laughs> and we had a shop teacher that oh he at that time he was he, he was uh well, you started him talking about guns and that's all you would hear all the whole time period you know so <laughs> but he didn't care if he was there or not so i mean i didn't have to give you back it you know so that first hour i'd always have a little you know if i wanted to be late a little bit i could go back late and go into the shop class which it was you know separate from the school so that made it pretty easy, and you know, to, and I guess that was my favorite class. Now that I think about it, <laughs> shop class. So you didn't have to be there. You know, we could just sit there and listen to him talk about all of his, his guns. You know, it's you know, back then those, you know, you kind of build your own guns like that. You know, when they have the all those Bimer rifles now, then they used to make. You know, used to have years ago they would have to, you know build their own or they'd have those different kinds of guns like that and he was always talking about different you know you could shoot a crow off in the you know like the factory down to the you know be about three blocks away or something but maybe farther than that you know because that's who he was you know he just <laughs> well other than that i thought you know I... <laughs> we talking pellet gun in town or is he talking no he's talking about his, <laughs> his barmet rifles <laughs> wow no, I mean, he would never do that, but I'm just saying he said he could, you know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So You know, the, when it, you're talking about the, my favorite. You know what? I hated history, but now, after I got, now I, uh, I wish I wouldn't have. And I wish I'd have learned a lot more because now I'm pretty interested in that. So I know it, I kind of been learning the rest, you know, after I missed out for going to school all that time you know i just hated it so i didn't learn much so now i wish i would have because i i kind of enjoyed it. i think it should everybody should be you know know a lot more about history than they do because you know that's how you avoid repeating it yes there's so many things that just need to be everybody should know about our history i agree i agree you know it seems like the history they teach you in school though is um it's definitely cherry picked, you know. They, you know, even when they're telling you about a certain event, they definitely hide 
You know? Yeah, they do now. A lot of stuff. Even more so, I feel like, now, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess it's always been like that somewhat, but, I mean, it's so much worse now, though. Yeah. Like, did you ever learn about, you know, the Native Americans when you were in school? Well, not really. I mean, you know, that's what I, that's what I was just thinking of when you said that. They didn't want to, yeah, you didn't learn much about that because, you know, at that point, the Native American, or Native, yeah, the Native Americans, they kind of wanted to forget about that part of the history. You yeah. Know, so. yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, yeah, it always seems to... like that's happening, even more, you know, more so now, but it seems like that's always kind of been a... Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll tell you the certain parts, Yeah. you know, where we... Yeah, they did like to... Yeah, they didn't want... <laughs> you. you you kind of got what they wanted you to hear, you know what what you wanted, what they wanted you to know, I guess. So. Yeah. And the rest of that stuff, you know, you find out later that well, why didn't we learn about that when we were in school? You know, but they didn't want you to know about it, so it just they didn't really. It was just something they just uh, we wanted you to avoid. You know, it's like something bad, and just don't want to talk about it. And honestly, you were, <clears throat> you know. Growing up in a time too, no internet, so if you wanted to know any more about anything, either you had to find a book from somebody that experienced it, or you found an encyclopedia. And even in the encyclopedia, there was, you know, maybe yeah. a couple paragraphs, and you weren't yeah. going to get much. Right. <laughs> Talking about that encyclopedias, you know, that's how we. If you wanted to know something, that's basically how you had to do it. You had to do a lot of work, a lot of research. You know, when I was growing up, so different. No. Yeah, everybody's got all that information right on their fingertips now, you know, so. And yeah. That was one of the things that's so hard, you know, when you were growing, you know, in our age. And if you wanted to really dig into, you know, anything like that, any kind of a historical incident or happening or something or a time period or whatever, man, it took a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of research. And it's, you know, it's, so different, you know. So I wish I had that option when, I, when we were going to school. But yeah. But anyway, I don't really complain about a lot of things because it was such a good time for everything else. So I'm, I'm kind of glad I grew up in that period. Well, you got to remember too. On the back end, it's almost easier now. I feel like to uh, you know maybe in your time you could have hit it just in general by not uh, not publishing it. But now you can. There's so many angles. You gotta you gotta try and sort through, you know, twenty different stories to get the truth. And yeah, it's easier to kind of feed your propaganda now because well, that's it. I mean, you know, who knows about the truth? You can't. It's it's so much propaganda now, and you don't have you don't you never know when you, nobody has any faith in any, anything anybody says anymore because it, it's been so much propaganda lies about so many different things. It's a, Nobody knows. Nobody trusts anybody anything anymore. No. And, I mean, it's it's kind of frustrating, but, you know, it's understandable. There's definitely an information war going on, you know. <laughs> yeah. Most Americans don't realize that we're, we've been dealing with an info war for, honestly, probably since the Internet kind of caught its traction, you know. Yeah. Once people started realizing that, it was going to be around, and 
all the benefits, you know, obviously, you know how media works. You've got, you know, four or five major companies that decide what does and doesn't air. And, you know, the newspapers, same thing. They decide what does and doesn't get printed. And, you know, now you and I could be journalists, investigative journalists if we wanted. But, you know, how are you going to, I mean, your angle might be different than my angle, but at the same time, how are we, you know, supposed to get our word out there when everybody's doing the same thing or they just read a headline you know you can put what you want somebody to think in a headline and then have the truth in the article but you know people just read the headline so yeah you can lie in the headline and then tell the truth in the article and people are still taking that you know but like i said that's the same thing nobody there could be great you know journalists and everything just seeking your truth about everything you you know that but people are not going to believe it because they don't believe anything anymore it comes through out of the media you know so it's been it's so bad i mean sure some of it is people good journalists are trying to you know get the facts and on every situation and let you you know so you can be informed about what's what's going on but there's so much uh corruption Nobody can believe anything anymore. It's just like, what? Maybe. <laughs> right. It might be. It might not be. You just have no confidence in anything you hear. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate for yeah, sure because certainly. I feel like, you know, if you were to transport a lot of Americans now back to the 60s, 70s, they wouldn't know what to do, you know, because <laughs> they'd want all the information that they have now but they wouldn't realize that, you know, in a way it's comparable because I feel like, you know, when you were growing up, maybe the lack of information was equivalent to the lack of truth we have now. You know, the information that you did get might have been tweaked a certain way, one way or another. But, I mean, even now, you know, it seems like you can decide what you want to think about it and then you can find the information to back your claim, you know. Yeah. Whatever side you're on of any incident or topic, you know. You have to do that now if you want to know the truth about anything. If you, you, you hear it, something you will hear, you'll hear more than one version of the same story, you know. So you, if you want to know what the truth is, you have to do some investigating on your own, you know. Just find, seek the truth. Find out the facts about everything, you know. That, that's the only way you can really... Well, that's one way you can, once you do that, then you can get some trust in the people where you, you know, you got the right information from, but that's the only way you can do it. If I was just listening to some, you know, different people, you know, this, you know, you don't know, you know, because nobody, everybody doubts everything you, people say now, because <laughs> it's, it's easy. Yeah. It's easy to just lie or, oh, yeah. I you mean, know, that's the thing, because it's, that's one of the worst things about it, because you can. It's so much corruption, and just there's no consequences for it. Everybody gets away with everything. It almost feels like it's kind of incentivized, too, honestly. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, CNN and everybody else are competing for viewers, and, you know, if you can be more dramatic in your news, right? you know, people yeah. are drawn to the drama. and Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, on that note, do, are there any... Um, local or national or world events that kind of stand out from your youth you know between maybe five and 20 
you know, anything crazy that kind of. Well, I'm sure there is. I'm not up to five and 20. You know, like when you were a kid, do you remember your mom and dad talking about anything, you know, that was kind of big news or seeing anything, you know, whether it be on the TV or hearing it on the radio that was. No, I. (laughs) Right now, I just, I don't know, kind of drawing a blank for that. I'm trying to think of big news. Other than, you know, obviously putting a man on the moon, that was probably a little bit into your 20s, but... Yeah, that was a little later. Yeah. You're talking to an antique, you know. I've been been around a while. (laughs) Fortunately. Yeah, I just, you know, I didn't know if maybe, you know, something happened that was... You know, whether it be the Nazi trials or anything like that, that people were talking about, kind of stood out. No, I, I, I'm sure there was, but, you know, I think that the way I look, kind of looked at it back, I mean, you know, I don't, just don't think that, uh, you know, this small community I grew up in, you know, it wasn't like, it's not like it was now, it is now, you know, because you just... Well, I mean, the television is so different, you know, like at three stations or something on, you know, television. So there wasn't, you have a news program, but not like you do now. You got news 24-7, you know, on any, so many different cable things, you know, so everybody (laughs) knows what's going on. So you didn't have that same information, you know, that years ago that you do now, you know, so that made a difference. So <clears throat> I think that might be, you know, if it was like it was, or like it, yeah, if it, if it would have been the way it is now when I was younger, yeah, I'm sure there would be, you know, there's a lot more people would be involved in all of this, those kind of things going on around the world. But I mean, they were, but it's not like it is now, you know, it's, it's much different. Right. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> it seems like people are, uh, they're not as involved as, you know, they could be. I mean, they might rant about something on social media, but they're not actually going out and protesting or <laughs> yeah, writing right. letters or emails, you know. That's something I've been trying to do more is make my voice heard on some of these topics, you know, emailing people and, you know, like you can send them to the governor or any of your senators or anything like that. So I've been definitely making sure I do that a lot more just so I'm, you know, at least, well, not just riding the train, you know, at least yeah, making my voice just, heard that more people should do that. I should do it more myself, but because I, it's gonna, it's getting worse all the time. So the more we, people we can get involved in that, you know, instead of just letting everything go, you know, we gotta, people are gonna have to be the ones that take the our country back. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's getting, we are the majority. Yeah, you know. we the people. Yep. So I know uh, you mentioned, you know, shop. So I'm assuming that was probably one of your favorite class. What kind of shop was it? Was that a metal shop, wood shop? Yeah, both. We did. I remember making a, a lamp out of wood. You know, you just laid. You know, you. Oh yeah. That was, and then I made a gun rack once, and, I, and then they had the metal stuff. You know the. It was a little 
burners we had for solder and stuff, you know. It was a lot different than they do now, you know. So it was, you'd have to see it. I don't know how you could even explain it, but, and, you know, we we didn't really build anything, you know. We just showed us how to do the, I don't even know what you call it, you know. <laughs> just, you know, woodwork. Well, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. even, you know, solder and stuff together. I mean, yeah, it was probably yeah, we pre-welding. Did. Not yeah. pre-welding, but welding wasn't as... Uh... Yeah, I'm sure the equipment we had was so different now than what you have, you have now, you know, so... Safety-wise, for sure. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you would sneak away for lunch, it kind of made me, you know, when you said that, it kind of made me think, what, so when you were... You know, younger, what was your favorite food and least favorite food? Like, what was something, you oh. know, that maybe you had once and decided, I'll never have that again? <laughs> well, geez, when I was real picky when I was younger, I didn't like any kind of, a, like, a hamburger. I would have a ha- plain hamburger. No mustard, no ketchup, no onions, nothing. And I was like that for a long time. And I mean, I was, yeah, I was pretty picky. There wasn't a lot of things I liked, you know, so... So out of I've always those, liked fruit, though, fruit and some vegetables. And I'm not, when I was younger, I didn't like very many vegetables either, but I've always been a fruit guy. I like all kinds of fruit, so. But. So, like, if you were to go shopping when you were, say, let's 16, and, you know, you were shopping for the week, what would be the one thing that you made sure you got? <laughs> well. Bacon? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I love bacon. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? They should. Yeah, yeah they should, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't know, shopping for a week or something, but one or, you know, my mother was, I was really lucky too because my mother was such a good cook. You know, she was, she was a great cook. And then when I got married, my wife, Carolyn, she, she learned a lot from my mother, and she, she became a really good cook, too. I mean, of course, she had probably had her own knowledge of cooking, too, for different things. But, you know, there, my, my tastes have changed a lot. I mean, it's just like when I'm talking about Carolyn, when she makes pierogies, you know, and I didn't like them when I was younger. I never ate them. Now I really like them. So, I, you know, it changes. I mean, I ate a lot of things now that I never would eat when I was younger. So I think it kind of at least to a lot of people. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. So what was one of your favorite things your mom would make? Well, she could probably cookies. She'd make chocolate chip cookies that were so good. But then if she could make a good meal, I mean, you know. I mean, I remember she always make, you know, the, when you fried chicken, you know, you take it. <laughs> it was different. Uh, I remember there was times when my, well, my aunt had a, on a farm and we'd go get a chicken from her. And my dad would have to, you know, you did butcher your own chicken. So I remember my dad had this yellow hatchet in the garage. He had a little, like a little piece of a, well, more like a stump, you know, but I mean, it's a round piece of wood. He grabbed that chicken. The butcher block. Yeah, butcher block, yeah. You lay that live chicken down there and put his head on the block and the hatchet and Drop the head off. Yeah. And he just let go of that chicken, and he just, he's just flopping all around. He's flying, too. I mean, they'll fly around, you know. They'll go, I don't know how long they'll go, but I mean, 
and all the blood is flying. That's what they do. That's why the purpose of that is, you know, get all that blood out of them. You know, they start, they, when they're flopping around like that, they're getting rid of that blood. Yeah. And uh, bleed them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's where that all came from, you know, running around like a chicken with a head cut off, you know. So, you know, if you ever seen a chicken, get their head cut off. And that's, <laughs> I've seen it many times. And then, you know, you'd have to pluck the chicken, mop, dad to clean it. I remember you go to that gas stove and you you get all it down to the skin, but you can there'd be little hairs or like stuff, you know, little pin feathers. So and you take it in and put it over the stove and kind of burn that stuff off. Yeah, you know? yeah, and then you know you had to cut it up and that would be a sunny meal, fried chicken. You know, you used to fry the chicken in a frying pan. You know, with, everybody used to do that years ago. Now you, nobody does that anymore. So. Put it in the oil. Yeah, I mean, it's, fried. it's kind of like deep frying it, but I mean, you know, you you, you fry it in a pan, you know, you got to keep sanding and keep turning it around, you know, and all that stuff. That was good. Yeah. Probably on cast iron, too, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean. That's how, well, it, that's how it should be. Yeah. Well, I mean, most of the mothers, I guess, <laughs> were homeowners, not homeowners, I mean. Homemakers. Homemakers. Yeah. yeah so they... Did all the cooking, and you know, after most a lot of them, you know, you can learn a lot after you do a lot of cooking. <laughs> and of course, that was kind of the way it was. I mean, you know, the women did the cooking, and men did worked, and so women could learn how to make some good meals. And my mother was one of the best, so I was pretty fortunate there. And I mean, I feel like they were a lot more social than now, too. You know, I mean, you're not saying that we don't have, you know. Yeah. What, well, what, yeah, but I mean, that's that was it. It was there was there was so many. Everybody's so busy now. I mean, everything's going on. Every you know, you don't have people don't get together like you did when we were younger. We had a lot of family dinners. You know. Yeah, we had a huge dining table. Man, we'd have it full quite often, and we'd have the family stuff over, you know. So, and you know, she made uh, she used to make really good noodles, you know. With the so, you know, my uncle, uh, we'd have a little contest, see who could eat the most. <laughs> uh, he was a lot bigger than me, but I think I held my own. <laughs> Eating more noodles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was. He lived right next door. He was my uncle. Uncle Lyle, and uh, we had a lot of time, good times with him. You know, he was, you know, he was, he was a good guy. We always uh, joke around a lot, you know, so he was a pretty good athlete, so we always to kind of compete against each other and stuff. <clears throat> so what what was one of your least favorite foods then? <laughs> least favorite? Yep. Wow. I guess I guess, wow. My like, least, oh, you know what? I could tell you what my least one was. It wasn't nothing I had at home, but I don't even know what you call it. I I went. I used to work for my aunt Alice. We, you know, she would have lived on the farm. You know, we she'd come in get us and help do little chores around the farm, pick up rocks and stuff. You know, yeah, <laughs> like twenty five cents an hour or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. But of course, we didn't work too hard, probably. But you know, after working all day, we'd have a big meal, and. I don't know what it was. I can't even 
I don't even know what it was made out of. It was something that she made that was, she thought it was really good. It was one of her specialties, you know. She was one of those women. Well, she was a school teacher, but she wasn't a good cook for some reason. I don't know, <laughs> you know, why, but she came from a good family that was all good cooks, but she just turned out to be one that wasn't the best. And she, I can remember this thing that she had, that, you know, everything would be pretty good except this, it's, I can't, I'm trying to even think of the way to describe it, but I can't even describe it. It's, uh, what the texture of it was or something, you know, what it looked like, but, and what it tastes like, tastes like nothing I've ever tasted of before, and it's horrible. Was it like So, a, I mean, you know, you go, and she would put it on your plate, you walk, you know, she'd give you a big old scoop, and man, that's all you could do to, you know, like that last bite, you think, oh man, finally did it, you know, I got rid of it, I didn't, you know, you would, <laughs> Kind of have to hold your nose and swallow it, but when she wasn't looking, I guess you never told well, her you didn't like it. Oh no, you didn't do that. <laughs> but I mean, you know, she was—I didn't want to hurt her feelings. That's the only reason, you know. Right. But she was so, she was a really nice lady. But you know, I got that all done. I said, "Oh man, that was pretty good." Well, how's some more? You know, put another big old scoop <laughs> on your plate, and I thought, "Oh man, how am I going to do that?" Yeah, I'll never forget that because that was horrible stuff. I mean, and my uncle Lyle, he was, you know, he was a brother, <laughs> and he used to talk about the. It was a, she'd make that all the time, and he had he did the same thing. You know, he couldn't he couldn't stomach it either, and he'd have to eat it. Was it like a veggie or like some sort of <laughs> like that a must mix? have been? I don't know what it was, but I wish I. had knew more about it but i know all i know is it was horrible i mean you have to eat a big old plate full of stuff that you just i mean it's it's bad i mean you know (laughs) and you have to keep each little spoon would be a little smaller because you'd almost gag on it you know so man and you eventually get down and you know you think wow you finally made it then well how'd you like that that was pretty good one how about i have some more you know slap a big old another scoop on your plate i thought oh man now what do I do? <laughs> I wonder if maybe she knew, and it was maybe. just you know, kind of. Yeah, maybe she was. Uh, she was just messing with you. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to see that how long been. it took. You know, that's a, that almost makes sense because I don't see how anybody could make that and think that was good. <laughs> well, did she eat any of it? You know what? I, I can't remember that. Oh, I know, I know. So I've seen it on my plate, and I'm thinking, how do I get rid of this? Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and but as far as my, well, as far as some other normal food that I didn't like, that man, I don't, wasn't much. Oh, you know, I could think of now. Oh, I do remember something. My dad liked liver and onions, and I don't like liver ah. and onions. And he used to have that once in a while, but I was never forced to eat it. So I guess, uh, you know, but I'd have to taste of it a little bit, you know. But I didn't like it. Because it happened to me once when I was at work. We had this female supervisor, and once in a while she'd bring in a lot of food. And she brought in liver and onions once, and she says, Hey, got some food down there for you. I said, she says, What is it? And I said, Well, liver and onions. I said, I don't really like it. She said, Well, you never had mine. Try mine. So I said, Okay, well, next time you bring it in, I'll try it. So I didn't, I didn't, that's how I got out of it the first time, you know. So. <laughs> Then the next time she brought it in, I smelled something. It didn't smell too bad. She said, oh, you, 
I got some more living on you. You want to try it? And I said, well, I told her I would, you know, so. He said, you like mine. So I thought, well, maybe it's different. I'll try it. Man, I put some on my plate, and I didn't like it. And I still had to eat it. I thought, oh, man, <laughs> I got to eat this stuff. Because she was so proud of it, and I thought, oh, Mama, now what do I do? <laughs> Can't just scrape it off in a garbage pail, you know. So I ate it, but I didn't like it. So that was one of those things I don't like, liver and onions. But I know a lot of people do, so. Well, do you remember if it was worse or better than your dad's liver and onions? <laughs> I'm assuming your mom made it. but Yeah, Bob made it, so I'm. I don't know. There's much difference when you live on onions. It's all, it's all bad. <laughs> that might have been the only thing my mother ever made that I didn't like, you know. So, so uh, I, I know you said your uncle lived next door. Yeah. So was like uh, chicken on Sundays uh, yeah, a that, regular thing? Or? Well, not really a regular thing, but chicken. If you had that was kind of a Sunday dinner. I mean, you know, that was a, you just kind of got by through the a week and then Sunday you'd have a real special meal and that happened to be like you know if you could have chicken on Sunday that was kind of a big deal you know so it didn't happen every Sunday it wasn't like that but you know that was kind of one of those big meals you'd have so what kind of traditions did you have with the family you know other than like Christmas and stuff I mean did you guys you know do family gatherings and stuff or well there was not necessarily uh, routine family gatherings, but I mean, there was a lot of visiting, you know, between families, you know, we just visit, you know, just go over to like, you know, different, we had quite a few families who lived right in town, aunts and uncles, and then had some lived in Ithaca, we just, we'd go a lot just to visit, but I mean, you know, so that was one of the things that people did when we was younger that they don't do now, like as much as, it not not as much, I guess, you know, so. I mean, that was kind of a thing that people do. We'd just go and just visit. And now you have to have reason to go somewhere, you know, like. Yeah. Huh? But now you just, that was your reason. Years ago, you wanted to go see your friends. So that was so different. I mean, that was, it's kind of a good thing. Yeah. You know, that's that's definitely something that's lost. Is I think oh, we yeah. were talking last time, the initiative you know, to get things done is definitely kind of faded, but that's part of the, you know, it seems like people are always looking for an excuse as a way to get out of, you know, somebody invites them somewhere and they start, yeah, I don't want to, you know. Yeah. It's like, well, you're not going to see, you know, everybody in one spot, mm -hmm. you know, for who knows how long. Well, see, my mother and dad probably was probably the, well, most people used to come now the family they would visit at our house most of the time that's where the you know most of the people would come to i mean it was we went to, we went different places too but kind of like a gathering area for the family is our house you know so so we had a lot of people coming you know my dad had quite a quite a few relatives who lived in lansing and they would come quite often you know he had a brother the two brothers lived in lansing and then they had you know they had both one had quite a large family and they would come down and visit quite often so you know just for that purpose just to yeah, see just to each visit. other you know it's part of the family you know so which was like i said that was a kind of a lot different than it is now you know you just want to see people not for a reason you just want to go talk to your, your love families
Yeah, just to hang out. Yeah. Catch up. You're right. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when we have reunions, man, (laughs) it would be, because my dad's side of the family was, uh, he had quite a few sisters, and it was a big family. Most of them lived in Ohio, but they would always come to Michigan because my uh, grandma lived (coughs) in Ithaca, and they would always come for her, so... Well, there would be lots of them. I've got cousins that I don't even know, you know, so I had so many of them. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, yeah. A lot of them worked in, it was Defiance, Ohio, and there was foundries down there. And a lot of them worked in those foundries. And those foundries, you only had to work 25 years and you could retire. So we had to go to the reunions, and these guys would be like, I don't know. (laughs) They'd work 25 years, and they'd already be retired, you know, so... You know, they're like 45 years old or something, you know. They had already worked, put their life's work in, so. Wow. Yeah, those, of course, I guess they probably deserved it, 25 years in the foundry there, so. Yeah, depending on what they were doing, I mean. Yeah. You're moving around hot, heavy metal. Oh, yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, that's why they give you that uh, 25 years. Uh, man, you get, that's like getting 50 years in some other place, you know, so. Yeah, and again, safety probably wasn't. Oh, yeah wasn't the forefront there right i always i mean when i was younger i just thought that was that was pretty neat you know you hired him when you're 25 and you got or i mean when you hired him if you're 18 (laughs) they said i don't know what's that 20 43 yeah something like that when you're 43 or 44 years old (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's enticing yeah yeah that's very enticing now, I know we already talked a little bit about you getting in trouble, you know, as far as going to jail. Are there any other times, time or two, you that kind of stand out? Hmm. Not with the law. <laughs> I probably should have been. I didn't do anything legal, but I used to, I don't know, I guess back in the 60s, you know, everybody had hot cars, so I probably violated the traffic laws a few times you know so i could have been <laughs> well that is, that is illegal yeah i know that's why i said i probably got could have been but i you know i had a pretty fast car and <laughs> what'd you have well it was a 65 plymouth fury it was a 426 in it it was four speed and i used to live in ithaca and went ride with some guys on 57 and 27 i went up from i got home from when they dropped me off from Ithaca, or I'm up from 27 to Ithaca, I, just about every time I just, you know, I get my car away, you know, about as fast as I go, I can make some pretty quick trips in Ithaca. I don't know how I ever not got stopped, but <laughs> I mean, I'd wind it all the way up. You know, my speedometer would stop at 120. There's a little pig there, and I would keep going, you know, so. And then you could let off on it, and it would stay there for a little while, and then before it gets down to back 120. But I mean, I remember driving like that now, and it kind of scares me because a lot of times, geez, I used to put tires on that car like every six or 7,000 miles, it seemed like, you know, because you could always burn <laughs> the rubber off. And I'm sure a lot of those times those tires weren't very good, you know, driving like that. And Oh, yeah. And it's, it scares you when you think about it, but when you mount I guess I was just young and stupid didn't know any better but so fortunately i guess god is looking out for me so i didn't fortunately didn't hurt nobody else or myself so 
Yeah, I know. It's scary when you think about it because I've had a pretty good life, so man, man, I could have killed myself or somebody else. Blowing a tire at 120, oh, 140 probably you isn't. You don't even think about it. I didn't. I mean, probably most people did. Maybe, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know why, but I didn't have any common sense then, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That's... Well, yeah, you know, the, I think I've told you that one story about that state police officer. Didn't I tell you that once? I know. <laughs> I was kind of driving kind of fast on 57, no, 27, coming home. That's when I lived west of Middleton on Bliss Road. And state police officer seen me go. He was going one way and I was going the other. So he turned around. And I didn't, well, I didn't see him, but he, it's what he told me after he stopped me. But anyway, <clears throat> I was, I got up to 57, I took off, and I was, I don't know, you know. Everybody raced everybody back then, so next thing I know, there was a car pulling slowly right up beside me, and I just kind of look out the corner of my eye, and, oh, this guy wants to race. <laughs> so I was all ready to go, and then he turns the lights on. It was a cop. I mean, I was all ready to take off, and cause I figured, I'd, you know, he's kind of pulling up and sliding me slow like he wanted to get up even so he could race. Yeah. I thought, oh, man, we're going to race. Yeah was a police officer didn't know it's state police they, they back then they most of them drove those plymouths the same just like mine you know so and looked i see that car I, all i could see was the front end coming right up beside of me yeah guy wants to race so i said okay and i was already waiting for him and we was gonna take off but <laughs> he pulled me over and uh, he told me what's happening. He said, I was going the other way. I could see you were going way too fast, young man. I said, yeah, I guess you're probably right. But yeah, that but was, can yeah. You, can, yeah, I'd have been like, can you blame me? I mean, wait, <laughs> you drive the same car I drive. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know what it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That was a close one because if I if it took off, you know, I could have got me a little worse than you did, I guess. But, of course, you know, back then when you got a ticket, speeding ticket, Cost you about forty bucks, you know. So, well, it still probably wasn't cheap. Oh, it wasn't cheap, but I mean, you know, at least you could afford to buy it, pay a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that's. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a strange one. That was probably back when he just had the bubble on top too, so you yeah. know it wasn't, <laughs> you know, front lights flashing. Yeah, and all I didn't that. even look in. All I seen was the front end of his car pulling right up. You know, I just look all the way around. I just seen that front end. I see it was a plumber just like mine. You know, so and he was slowly coming up beside of me. I thought, because <laughs> you know that's the first thing you think of. And that's what we used to do. You know, you on the race, you pull up beside of somebody, then you you know, you know, I give the old signal. You want to go? No, okay. So. Didn't I? We didn't raise. Good thing. <laughs> I'm sure you probably beat me. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he, got, he pulled me over before that happened. So that was, a, yeah, that, that, I don't know. That, that was really, I said, so, uh-oh. <laughs> now, was that stock, your car? Was it stock? Yeah. I never did do anything else with it, but I mean. Man, still crossing 120 with it. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. It was a higher, you know, it wasn't a quick, real quick than a quarter mile. It was a higher rear end ratio, gear ratio. But I was always going to put, uh, you know, a different rear end in it, but it's like a 411 or something, but I never did. But Just something to get you well, but, to that yeah. quarter mile quicker? Well, right from the bridge, yeah, we everybody raced quarter miles, but I'm 57, the white bridge from 
We're going out of town at Perrington, right there on the corner. From there, down to the White Bridge is a quarter mile. So I would get, my car would be right on, about the time I got the bridge, my car would be like 115, and that's when I'd have to shift from third to fourth. It was always the same, right about, I just hit the bridge and it would be 115, and I'd shift in a fourth gear. But a lot of cars could be, you know, the, the smaller cars are lighter weight, you know. Could, uh, oh, yeah. My car was a full-size car, and it wasn't, it was pretty fast. But, I mean, if you had lighter cars, to get be ahead of me a little bit from the start. You know, they beat me there because they were lighter. But once I got rolling, though, you know. But, you know, I won a lot of races, but I got beat, too, by some. I got beat by a. My cousin had a Mustang, a 289, you know. <laughs> but he had headers on it, you know, and he... Oh, yeah. You know, that thing, was, <laughs> it was pretty fast for, you know, it wasn't hardly no weight to it. It was like, <laughs> it's almost like a motorcycle. Two-seater? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It was a nice car. You know, he got that when they first come out. He, well, my car was a 65, and his was a... I think his was a 65 or when I first year they came out with that Mustang or something, you know, so. But I could probably beat him most of the time, but one time we raced, and I had my, but, well, my wife, Carolyn, and I had two people in the back, so I had a lot of extra weight in my car, you know. And it was just him? Yeah, just him, so he beat me that time, but the rest of the time I could probably, you know, I beat him most of the time, but everybody raced everybody lots of times, so, you know. <laughs> You guys just race for fun, or do you oh, ever yeah. put beer on it? Or Oh, no, mostly it was just for fun. I mean, I'm sure there was some. Well, you know what? On Saturdays, every summer, there was me and McBride. It was a racetrack up there, and it seemed like everybody in town had cars. You didn't, you didn't have to have fast cars. You know, everybody would go race them. You know, they had all these different classes of cars, and everybody would come back. You'd see this white paint all over all their windows. You know, that would they'd write your class on your car. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> So we had two guys in town that had a couple of, one was a, they were both Chevrolets, I don't know, one was, they were both six cylinders, one was a stick shift. I mean, 78 mile an hour, it's about top end, you know, so, but two of the slowest cars in town, you know, but they, you could still go up there and race. <laughs> so people and just like to race. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, that would be it, wide open, you're going about 78 mile an hour, that's fast that things would go, you know, so they were pretty slow getting there, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. slow. <laughs> Fred Flintstone. Yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun, though, that, that's the way it was when we were going up, you know, hot cars and rock and roll music, that was it, a lot of fun. Just. So did you ever uh, end up with a nickname? Well, <laughs> Yeah, I'm afraid you. Yeah, I did. I had a nickname for a long time. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to tell you, but they always called me Dynamite. I mean, everybody called me that Dynamite for some reason. How'd you? Know? you I was gonna say, how'd you get uh, that? You know what? It was a friend of mine. We were uptown. I remember. You know, we were just a bunch of guys at night. You know, we were just walking around town, just talking. And there was a. Leave us put on the post office. It was like a no parking sign there, you know. Just we were just messing around, and I just grabbed the sign and I just twisted it a couple of times, you know. I gave a little twist and it broke. And somebody, I think it was Tom Baker, you know, 
And he, he just came up, dynamite, you know. So then they all started calling me dynamite. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> lots of people, that's all they ever called me in high school. I never really, never really embraced that. But everybody, you know, I didn't have much choice. Everybody called me dynamite. <laughs> I don't know why. But, well, because he yeah. snapped a sign. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody in high school calls me, you know, called me that. It's like, geez. <laughs> That's not a bad one, though. No, I guess not. But That's not a bad one. I mean, you could have. Yeah, I mean, it's something is, embarrassing that happened, and it was probably about ready to fall apart anyway. You know, so I just happened to grab and grab one side and grab the other and kind of twisted it, and it, it broke. So <laughs> they call me dynamite. You know, so destructive. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I had a lot of guys that's all they ever called me. Yeah, like I said, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> I guess not. I guess, yeah, it's kind of an interesting story, I guess, you know. Yeah, it's better than what they got or really called me, I guess, you know, some of those other names. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can imagine. So, did you have any childhood heroes? <laughs> well, well, I could go back to the cowboy thing you know I, I can remember that but yeah i guess like john wayne well no i'm talking about the you know the, uh, well yeah i guess when you you know those are kind of two in the movies but i was thinking before that all that they had a lot of tv series with, you know those little uh shows about cowboys you know one was a uh, lone ranger you know the cisco kid poncho you know those kind of guys you always want. Then there was Lash Leroux. I kind of I remember that because that's kind of the one I liked. He was all black and he had this whip, you know. So he'd always cracking that whip, you know. It's because like, I always thought that was cool. So you said Lash Leroux. Lash Leroux. Oh, Lash Leroux. Yeah. Okay. I can remember that because that was I don't know why, but just maybe the name and his his black outfit and then that whip. He'd always have that whip real curled up on him. So I mean, he'd always getting that out and cracking his whip, you know, when he was he was doing stuff. <laughs> And I guess when I got older, I guess I was playing baseball at the time, I always had idols in baseball. I guess I always liked, a lot of people don't remember, but Rocky Calavito was kind of like the guy I liked to, I always wanted to pretend like I was him, you know. He had some interesting characteristics when he was playing baseball. Well, he had a, well, he was a, I think he was Irish or something, but he had some hot temper. He was always... <laughs> He was always mad about something, you know, something happened, you know, because that was years ago. Baseball was pretty, you know, man, it was a lot of different. Now everybody seemed to be just like, you know, your brother, you're playing against your brother or something, you know. It's not before, boy, you hated all your, anybody, your, any team you're playing. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's different now. But he he's played left field and um, something happened, like he... A bad call on the umpire or something. I mean, man, he'd come charging in from left field all the way in. I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess my mother really liked him too because maybe that's why I liked him too. Because for some reason she liked him. But and he was a power hitter, so and he, I remember he would uh, when he come up to the plate, he'd always put his bat behind his one hand. You know, he'd have his hand, bat behind his head. You know, yeah, kind of stretch and he kind of pointed at bat head. Where he wanted, like, he's pointing the bat out where he's going to hit it. Calling a shot. Yeah, he's calling a shot, you know. Cause I used to like, <laughs> and I used to like to do that. I did that when I was playing baseball. I was 
stretch like he did, you know, and then point out there like I'm where I'm sort of going to hit the ball. I always thought that was cool, so I like to do that, you know. And there was another baseball player that I, <coughs> that I like to imitate. It's, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Now I'm, now I'm lost for words. I can't remember his name now. I had it in my, geez, guy that died in a plane crash when he, geez, Roberto Clemente. Yeah, geez, I forgot for a second. But, and he would walk up to plate like he was standing there, you know, he wasn't looking all around like, well, where's he, what's he doing? He's not, you know, not ready. He'd, all of a sudden, you know, he'd do something different every time. He'd just stand there and he'd put his bat on his shoulder, maybe one hand, you know, and he'd just wait for the pitcher to get ready to throw, then he'd and he get himself and ready to be. He was, you know, the hit. Casual. Uh, yeah, and I mean, he just so relaxed. And I was like, you know, and then he just looked different every time he went up there. But And it actually works. You got, not necessarily the way he did it, but I mean, you just have to be, uh, you know, just, you don't want to be up there and stand up there like a statue, like you're just so stiff as a board, you know, you just have to really be, your muscles have to be really relaxed until you want to, at that last second when the pitcher gets ready to throw the ball, and then you get ready to hit, but it just, it's a timing thing, you know, so I found that to be, you know, really helpful for me, I think it does, I see, I see a lot of games when I'm watching, now. I mean, you know, the high schoolers or little leaguers or something, man, those guys will walk up to that plate and they're standing there ready to hit, and they're standing there like a statue for like, you know, picture isn't even you got the ball back yet and he's they're standing there waiting 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 so man that's not gonna work you know but tense yeah they're so tensed up you got to be relaxed you know so that was one of the guys i always you know idolized i guess is roberto clemente and rocky calavito rocky calavito had a great arm too that was see I, it was so different when we i used to i met i had a few time opportunities to go see the tigers play you know it was pretty that was an interesting thing. You know, you go down there and you walk, you're walking in the stadium. First time you see it, man, you look out there and see all that green grass. And I thought, man, that's awesome, you know. But then when you see those guys play, you know, they're out throwing the ball around or something, you know, from the infield or from the outfield to the infield. I mean, those guys throw rackets <laughs> from the outfield. It's like, man. How did they do that? You know, they just, the <laughs> ball just keeps going and going and going. I thought, oh man, I could, you know, those, they don't get much elevation on it. I just throw it like a string, like a rope, man. I'm going to tell you, they can add some arms. Yeah, they were, that was one of those first things I really realized, you know, when they went down to see those guys play the wow. Because you see it on TV, you know, you don't really realize until you see it. But of course, see it on TV is when we used to watch it. You know, it's like one game a week on Saturday, and it was like, the picture you got was, of course, most of it was probably black and white at first, and it was all fuzzy, you know. The, yeah. You know, it's so different. <laughs> but it was still good times. My dad would really enjoy watching baseball, so it was a good time when we could watch a baseball game. Yeah, that's that's uh, actually something I was going to ask, too, is um, like some of your... Uh, kind of stand out or favorite memories of your parents you know i'm assuming obviously baseball watching baseball you know with your mom and dad was probably one well, of them but yeah yeah well i remember dad just take me hunting a lot that was when i was real small and that was something i remember and that was a 
That was a good time. I can remember sitting in the woods along, you know, quite often. So we just go squirrel hunting mostly. Dad hunted squirrel. We hunted when I got older. I when I could hunt with them, I we'd hunt pheasants. And it was a good time then because there was lots of pheasants, and I was hunting pheasants like deer season. You know, it's like man, the first day pheasant season was, you know, man, like the opening day gun season or deer season. It was a big deal then, but unfortunately, that time is gone. But I had an opportunity to participate in that, so that was that was great. <clears throat> Were there many quail around? There was, yeah, there was quail. I, yeah, there was always quail around when, when all you know when I was younger. It was, but those people just there was so many pheasants. I guess you didn't hunt quail that much, you know. I mean, if you see them, I guess you could shoot them, but. Yeah, you know, I got very seldom you ever go hunting without you seeing pheasants hunting without seeing some pheasants. I mean, that just didn't happen. So it was. Yeah, that's mind blowing. Yeah, that's kind of mind blowing. Well, even when I'm where we're living right now, I mean, I used there used to be lots of pheasants right here. The, the, everything has changed so much from since where I'm living now. I mean, there used to be so much swale around here and more woods and everything. It's just getting habitat has changed so there's not much habitat for them to survive anymore so yeah getting farmed on and yeah i mean having you know, woods cleared out for yeah, farm you know. right up next to the road now you know i mean they don't even know ditches in a lot of places <laughs> right and that was probably a lot of their you know cover was well, the ditches too because yeah, yeah the grass growing in it and right you know being able to travel down it <clears throat> well how about your mom any uh Memories that stick out, favorite memories, or well, <laughs> something well, that kind of sticks know. out. I'll tell you, I was uh, blessed to have a mother <laughs> like my mother. She was just really special. I mean, she, she was such a gentle person. I mean, I, I haven't I ever heard her swear in my life, and I never heard her. You know, even hardly raise her voice. But I mean, you know, she was—you didn't. Ha she didn't really have to, because I mean, you respected her for that. But she, I know she was the hardest working person I ever. You know, I mean, I remember when she was cooking and like after that meal or something, everybody would be all done. We go in, maybe watch TV or something. We're all in the other room. I said, "Mom, she's out cleaning." I mean, she—I know. I thought, how could she? What is there to clean out here? It takes that long until I started taking care of my own, cleaning up my own stuff. You know, then I realized, now I know there's a lot more work there than I thought. You know, you <laughs> thought, well, you just do a few dishes and you're all done. But now, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. So she was a really good housekeeper and a good cook. And, you know, I remember we used to, oh, I, well, it was one thing I do remember. She always really liked to decorate the Christmas trees, so. And that was a good time. I always remember we always put the icicles on the tree, you know, because they don't do that. People don't do that too much anymore like they used to. And we had, I can always remember a lot of time spending decorating a Christmas tree with her. She always enjoyed that, and so did I. So those were some good times ahead. Yeah, that's, you know, like you said, it's kind of a lost art. It seems to definitely change with time. You know, now it's LED lights and <laughs> not really much tinsel anymore. No, it's, that's what I mean. It's like the time is, I guess, it was slower. I mean, people that enjoy those kind of things because 
now people just don't have that. They don't want to waste that time. They got so much other stuff going on. They don't watch TV or play with their phones or play games on their phones or whatever, you know. And it was, it's so different. You know, you just had that time to spend. It with, that's why I think, you know, it was such a great time. I feel blessed about that, you know, so just be able to, to have the opportunity that I think I wish it would be able to experience that. It would definitely probably change a lot of people as far as, you know, not well, just humanitarian wise, but uh, I mean, just their overall outlook on oh, their life. You definitely. Know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So did you guys used to make ornaments or how did, you know? No, I I don't recall making ornaments, but I mean, oh yeah, you know, we used to do sometimes they string, you know, canned berries or maybe popcorn. We used to do that a couple of times. I do remember that, you know, just, that was kind of a part of it. Well, I did a lot of that in school and stuff, you know, so that's kind of, Christmas was a different, a lot more meaningful years ago than it is now. So, I mean, you know, it was more of a, well, because... <laughs> And like everything else, this is almost Easter. But I mean, you know, you see the other day that like the religion is not near as important as people now as it used to be. And I just seen a thing the other day. I don't recall the exact numbers on that, but it was way down. And from what, not too long, not that long ago, it's just going down and down and down. So, and that's not, that's a sad thing. Yeah, there's definitely um, there's a negative to it when you don't replace it with some other practices. Because I feel like a lot of the base of religion is to live a better life. You know, You're right? It's you know, it's not necessarily that you have to. Um, you know, I mean, obviously believe in God, but it's not necessarily that you have to. You know avoid certain things it's moderate certain things in moderation not to let them consume your life and then you know also the values that it brings you know as far as how you treat people how you treat yourself the sense of community you know you go to church every sunday you're yeah. hanging out with people from the community you know nobody does anything like that no anymore. not like they used to that's for sure and it just seemed to be going that way you're getting worse you know i mean i guess some people wouldn't think it's getting worse and probably some people think that's a good thing, which is, I guess, it depends on whether you're, you know, how much you, how important you believe religion is. So a lot of people don't think it's that important anymore. So I don't think it's a good thing. I mean, I don't think it's a good thing that people think that way, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, people, regardless of the, if you believe in God or whatever, if you take, you know, the basis of a religion, you know, not necessarily telling you exactly how to live, but, you know, you pick some of the the morals and, you know, just the basic message, you know. Right. I feel like you, most people would live a better life. Oh, so definitely. Know, they would handle negativity and bad things happening a lot better than right. <laughs> they are now, you know. Definitely. So with that changing... You know, I know you mentioned obviously religion changing, but um, like, what are some inventions that kind of stick out as dra not drastically, maybe drastically, radically changing, you know, 
either the way you live or uh, just <laughs> life in general? Well, that's an idiom. Microwave. I remember when microwaves first came out, I said, these people are afraid of them because they didn't know, you know, if those microwaves would leak out the doors, you know, you didn't want to stand too close. They didn't know if that was going to be a health issue or something. So pe people are afraid to get them for a long time. Even So, you know, and the, <laughs> the microwave, but that, what an invention that is, I guess. I mean, geez, I can't imagine people living without microwaves, you know. So, I mean, that's, and we, we did for a long, long time. And I was, you know, I, I remember my mother and dad, when my, my, I think my sister's the one got them a microwave, and they, you know, that was, geez, <laughs> they were quite old then, you know. So they lived all their lives almost without a microwave, you know. So things that, really changed i mean you, you don't realize when you don't if you you know you're living in that time with no microwaves you know then you have a microwave well much it changes everything so yeah that's you know people that grow up with them don't understand it that never had them you know if you never had a microwave you, if you try and take care of your you know if you microwave conks out on you man the first thing you do you got to have one you got to go to the store and get another one <laughs> yeah can't get along without that, but I mean, lots and lots of people went through their whole lives without a microwave, you know, so that was a big <laughs> invention, I guess, for the better. Some of them, I don't know, <laughs> all of them, you can say that for. So what about like uh, <clears throat> fridges? Were they Are they still pretty common while we're talking about appliances? Are they still pretty uh, standard to what they always have been, or? Refrigerator? Yeah. I would say probably, you know, we, you know, I'm sure that there was so much better now, but I mean, we did have refrigerators as long as I can remember, but I mean, they did before that. It was pretty close. I'm sure my mother and dad, when they were younger, they didn't. I'm sure you had the ice coolers, you know, you'd have to go get ice. Well, I remember we used to have an ice cooler and part of our, you know, uh, breezeway, as we called it. And you have to, something you want to keep cold, you had to put it in the, you know, these were built to keep things cold, but you had to put ice in them. That's, you know, it's sort of like a, any other kind of a cooler, like a, you know, they were insulated and you'd have to go down and the people saw blocks of ice. I remember those going down and getting ice at the gas station. They'd have ice and they'd go in and you had those little tongs, you know, you probably, everybody's probably seen those, you know, yeah. the little handle on them, the little, two little grab a block of ice and pick it up, take it home, put it in your uh, cooler, your ice chest. I mean, you know, it, was, it wasn't like an ice chest like you see now. I mean, it was like a like a refrigerator. I mean, it was stood up, you know, you have a yeah. compartment in there to put that ice in it, and then you could put the rest of your stuff in there. So, of course, I mean, you know, the ice is not going to maintain it. <laughs> You know, melt ice is going to melt. You have to keep putting ice in all the time, so that was not different. Do you remember if it had a drain, or did you have I, to? You know what? I, I'm sure it must have, but I can't necessarily say that I'm for sure. You know, somehow that ice would it's going to melt. You know, so right. You have to keep replacing it. I I was just wondering if there was like a drain. You know, it was tapped into the rest of the plumbing in the house well, or if you had to go out and drain it I, I don't think that would you know they probably had a drain so it probably would just drain into a pail or something you know that's the only thing i can remember oh, yeah. i don't think you didn't go into the plumbing I don't, that wasn't 
No, that makes sense. Yeah. That does make sense. I, you, I wouldn't have even thought of that. Just have like a little tap or something yeah. you could, right? you know, open it up. a little hose or something, you know, run into a drain container of some kind. Hmm. So I guess one more on, on your youth. I mean, I got a bunch of questions, but. I'll ask you one more, and then we can take a little break here if you want to get something to drink or something. But uh, ways you annoyed your parents or siblings. Oh, was that one more time? Just ways that you would annoy your parents, or you know, your, your all sisters, right? Yeah, two sisters. Yeah, so ways you would annoy well, them you know or what? your parents. I'd like to know about how I used to annoy my oldest sister because I do. This is the one thing I always, you know, some of those things you don't forget. Those little. She had, she's six years older than me, and I remember when I was small. I remember, must be, I used, like I said, I don't remember what used to annoy her, but something did, because I remember taking me down and sitting on me, and she would hold my arms back and pin my arms back on the floor, and then she had long fingernails, and she was always threatening me with those if I didn't straighten up or something, you know, so I don't know what I ever <laughs> did, but those fingernails used to scare me. Yeah, she... So, I, you know, she was six years older, so I probably, I'm not guessing, I don't know, I was probably, I'm guessing maybe five, six. <laughs> you know, she was, you know, 12 maybe, 10 or 11 or 12, and she would take me down and sit on me and hold my arms against the floor and threaten me with those fingernails, and I, I'll never forget that. I keep, I remind her of it once in a while, but she never told me why I always aggravated her, but and my other sister, I guess, she was younger than me. I don't know about aggravating her, but I do remember. <laughs> she, for some reason, when she was younger, she's she'd get startled and she'd faint. So. Oh really? Yeah. So I, one day there was one time. They went somewhere with mom, and dad, and I seen them coming, so I was the only one home. So I hid behind a chair, and it was dark, you know. So. <laughs> she walked in and I jumped out and I don't know I said something to her you know it scared her Ooh, and she just flipped over and over backwards fainted so I'll never forget that that was kind of scared me because you know she, she just went out she used to do that a lot when she was sugar I don't know why but well yeah she was always afraid of needles like if you take her to the doctor you know, Carolyn used to talk about it a couple of times she went with her or something you know you're in the doctor's office, and they, she's going to get a shot or something. So the nurse will come in with with a needle. As soon as they seen that needle, man, she's she's out. She passed out. She fainted. <laughs> she did that. I don't know. Quite a few times. She. I don't know what. I never could figure that out. What happened? Why she would do that? What made him do? You know. She. But that was always kind of fun. It might be the best way to get a shot. Pass out and not have yeah. to go through the stress of yeah. getting poked. <laughs> yeah, might as well give her a shot while she's laying on the floor. She won't even know it. <laughs> so they have to wait for her to wake up, or oh, yeah. they just yeah? I'm sure I don't remember that, but I'm sure they probably did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that's the one I would probably take advantage of right there. Like, all right, she's out. Yeah, It'd be super quick. Yeah, you know, easy, <laughs> no tense muscles or anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well. Actually, I do have uh, three or four more here, I guess, if you got a couple minutes before we take a break, if you don't mind. Sure. Just while we're... 
So this is more about like general general life, not as much youth, but um what's some of the hardest things you've had to do? Some of the hardest things? Yep. You know. Now I don't know if you mean like hardest jobs I had to do or you mean the hardest things I've had to do uh, deal with. <laughs> Well, I guess whatever, you know, because I know sometimes a job can be mentally taxing, you know, as much as physical, so yeah, well, really whatever kind of sticks out, you know. Well, I've had a lot of jobs that were pretty hard, but that was just hard jobs, but I mean, you know, but they don't really compare some of the other things I had to do that was hard, so, you know, my mother and my dad both died of cancer, so, and that was they both suffered a long time, so those are hard times, you know. So you see your parents, you know, kind of, I don't know, you know, kind of getting, you know, what's coming and just getting worse all the time. And you know, they were in so much pain and stuff, you know, and I, all the, you know, for so long, it's like, you know, you don't want to have to deal with that. But, so that was a tough time, you know, it was, but as far as, you know, those are the hardest times, I guess, when you're dealing with stuff like that, you know, so. But as far as the jobs I get compared to the hard, you know, physical stuff, <laughs> I when I first worked at uh, Oldsmobile, boy, I mean, I can't, my hands would be, I'd have to keep switching hands coming home because driving because my hands would be so sore. I, you know, I had to, couldn't hang on to the steering wheel because my, my, I was so, uh, I was hurting so bad, <laughs> but those times, those jobs didn't last too long. Most of the jobs are okay at work, you know. But and I didn't. My dad was the hardest worker that I've ever known. So I always wanted to say, you know, if my dad can do that, I can do it. So I always said, there isn't any job that I can't do. You know, I can do anything. But I thought I, and I actually thought it was true. I could do anything. I did all the jobs or not when I was working in a motor plant. But one time they, oh, they we kind of. I got sent to the final assembly once, <laughs> like, and I thought I was doing hard work until I went over there. And then, oh man, some of them jobs over there—the first job they put me on—I couldn't even do it. So, and I and I did have a, the job I did have. I wasn't terribly long, but that was a hard job. I was down in a pit, you know. So, like and working I, on the frame, or yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you driving body bolts, and then there was a just right down from the body dropping it. Body comes, they drop the body on the frame, and you got the body bolts. You had those air guns, you know, that just big bolts. And yep. Man, if you just got one of those bolts in there, a little bit crooked, you know, they, that little air wrench should pin you right up against the wall, you know, in that little pit, because they would just, you know, it'll back you right up, and, you know, and it was, and you just, if you had to go as fast as you could, because there was a lot of other things you did besides that. I mean, you know, little things you had to hook up, you know, little, and, if you got behind, you could never get caught up, you know. So you're just going behind, you're getting faster and farther, farther behind until finally you just can't make one. You got to miss one car or something, you know. Then it was, you know, because that was just the way you worked like that for a long time in final assembly. But oh, man, you didn't get any break in between anything. It was you just had to go as fast as you could and as hard as you could. You get, you know, your hands would always be all scraped up and everything, you know. So and I'd have to, you'd have to get there early just so I could get all my little. Everything's set up, so, you know, you have to be there ready before the line started, so you make sure you was ready to go when that line took off. So those are hard jobs, but I don't know how those, yeah. 
lot of those. I guess if you get used to those things, maybe eventually, but I never could. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of that's robot now. So oh, yeah. Just to yeah, give you an yeah, idea. Yeah, right. I mean, it's really, <laughs> really changed. I mean, you know. Just to give you an idea how difficult that. Oh, jeez. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine, you know, trying to. So what would happen if you missed a bolt or you had to oh, skip yeah. a car? Oh, yeah. You just have a little chog it up, and the repairman have to do it. But then you know, if you start getting too many of them, then they have you got a problem. You know, they say, "Hey, man, you got to start doing a better job here, buddy. You're missing too many." But you know, <laughs> so you had to try and do the, everything you could. But you almost had to give up sometimes. I can't do it. So <laughs> chart, get the chalk out and chalk everything up, and then you know, and that's the, re the repairman have to do that. You have to. So all, like all them jobs like that were the same way. If you miss something or something happened, you know, they have little repair areas all along through the assembly lines, whether it was a motor line or the, you know, final assembly. So, you know, something's going to go wrong somewhere. Then you can't just let that thing, you know, the, either the car or the frame or where it's a motor, you know. So would you like chalk where you were supposed to? Yeah. Like you where you mark, missed it? Right. Okay. Just mark up what you couldn't get, you know, and you'd have to. <laughs> okay repair man down the line do that all right well i got two more i'll ask you really quick uh the first one isn't probably going to be a quick answer but wow uh, what do you think is the reason behind people suffering from more and more like psychological illnesses compared to folks you know of your time you know whether it's you know <laughs> just like uh well just i don't want to say necessarily solely self-confidence issues but it seems like there's a lot of that there's a lot of uh unwillingness to work um <laughs> you know just all sorts of mental issues or psychological issues that are going on now that didn't seem to be as prevalent and like we were talking you know a while ago you know school shootings are happening a lot now and that's a lot of people are pointing their finger toward mental illness um but you know as we talked it seems like it would have been more prevalent in the 50s or 60s because you had these vets coming home with, you know, PTSD. You know, everybody had, I mean, schools had shooting league after school, so kids would have guns in their locker, and nothing like that happened. So, like, what do you think that's, uh, again, a reason behind people suffering more now than then is? Wow. Like you said, not going to be an easy answer, but... <laughs> Well, well, I guess you go back the way I said. I said people years ago, they just cared more for each other. So I mean, you looked out for each other. You don't. That was one thing about the difference in times. But I mean, and now you got so much. Well, the so many different influences the younger generation are dealing with. You know, so I think it makes it so much harder because. Everything, especially the social media, you know, it's like puts too much pressure on the younger generation to compete against each other. I guess it's almost like you have to be perfect now, or you're something. You know, if you're something wrong with you, and then you, you know, and you're looked at as like there's, you know, there's something wrong with you. What's wrong? You know, so and people don't take care of those people like they used to. I mean, you know, well, you didn't think about so much as, a, you know, if you were years ago, like, well, there was issues like that. Everybody did. I mean, but 
you had people, more people taking care of those people like that, looking after them than you do now. It's like, now you just like a leper or something. They don't want to touch you, you know? It's like, right. You just let, you know, just ignore it. That's no, no, uh, no people can take help you because, and it just, people are, you know, you think with the social media and the phones and everything, you get all this, this reaction about everybody, all your friends and everything. But it more or less isolates more people than it does to bring people together. I think you know because I don't know what it why it does that, but it seems to me that's the way it looks like. And anyway, I mean, it's the way it seems to be working out. Well, uh, isolation for sure. I hundred percent agree with that. And I think part of the reason for that is you know you hit the nail on the head when you said competition because you know people are. You know, they want to be a certain way and they're not, you know, I think I, I even brought it up. Um, I think I even told you Greg and Brandon and I were talking about it on our three brothers episode two, that it seems like people are spending their money to appear a certain way, you know, or they're again, history is so easy, you know, whether it's personal history or world history or whatever, it's so easy to tweak it now because I can take a picture and I can tell you, you know, it's a certain thing or, you know, hey, look at my new car, even though I rented it. Or, hey, <laughs> look at this new watch I bought, but you don't see that yeah. I'm living with my parents. That's it. You know, <laughs> I miss, you know, I'm back on child support and all this other stuff. There's, you know. Not true. It's all true. And the females now, you know, the young women, they're, there's all these filters you know, so a lot of the people they look up to, you know, they think, you know, I've, I'm not pretty or I'm not as pretty yeah. or I'm not pretty enough. And they don't realize these movie stars are sitting in, you know, make up for three hours to look like they do on screen oh, or. Yeah, I know. That, that's what I mean. It's like, oh, man. I, you know what? I just kind of off the cuff there, but I'll tell you, it's tough for both males and females, but girls. Wow, it's tough for them right now. They're more emotional. I mean, well, yeah, men yeah. definitely think more logically, you know. I think that, that might be part of it, but geez, I got so many different things going for, you know, against them that it's really hard to be a young girl. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, if you're, especially if you're, you know, if you're just, like if you're an average looking girl, I mean, that sounds disrespectful, but I mean, unfortunately, some are. Girls are a lot prettier than others, and if you happen to be one that's not as good looking as you know, and then <laughs> they've had so many of the, it's so much pressure for girls, you know. There's you've got to be perfect, you know. So, and if you're not perfect, there's something wrong with you, you know. Like, you know, you just you can't measure up, and so it's always it's so hard on those younger girls. I just feel sorry for them. Well, and just on the pretty subject, you know, while we're talking about that, I personally think that one is a society we're putting too much value into looks. Yeah. You know, that, that's first yeah, off. That's part of the society that's <laughs> it's hurting our generation, younger generations, you know, girls, or even older generation. I mean, even the females, or even males, the same thing. It's, there's certain things that relate to both, but I don't know. It's, it's really hard. Well, and then on the back side, I think we've talked about this before too. I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but bullying. 
right? Yeah. Now, now yeah. I can bully you and never see you, mm-hmm. never have to see you, your face. I can bully somebody in California. They can post a picture and I can tell them they look like a pig that's been rolling in mud mm-hmm. or a mangy dog or whatever I want. <laughs> and I'm one never going to have to interact with them other than through oh, the yeah. internet. They're never going to see me. I'm never going to see them. So they're getting input from people that are not in their community, don't matter, but also somebody that just wants to say something mean. So you have a lot more um, access now to negativity. And I think that when somebody, like there's not as much face-to-face interaction. So something that you would never tell somebody face-to-face, you can look at a picture and be like, wow, you look like a dog. Yeah. Even though you would never tell that person face. And then the thing that people don't understand is, especially these young girls, is how many times do you go to school or you go to the mall and you don't have somebody tell you that, you know, you're ugly or whatever, but you're then going home, looking at your social media, reading these comments, or maybe a couple of girls from your school don't like you. So now they can bully you, you know, over the internet Mm -hmm. and you're not taking in all the information that okay i literally have a point zero five percent of the population saying these things to me when i'm out in public people don't say these things you know when i'm out you know even in school they don't say these things they wait till i'm at home oh right yeah you know and they don't really take into account that maybe they maybe those are true feelings people have but now instead of interacting with you know a hundred 150 people on a weekly you're interacting with literally the whole world millions of people can look at your picture and tell you that exact same thing yeah you know yeah and like you said i mean that comes down to there was a lot more care you know for people right you know you didn't necessarily want to tell somebody even if they did look bad like you were saying with your aunt, you didn't want to tell her that yeah. oh, you know, I don't I don't like this, you know. Whereas right. you might if you had social media then you might have taken a picture, put it online when you were younger and been like, mm-hmm. you know, is this or is this not <laughs> am I alone when I think this is the most disgusting thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe she would have got wind of it, you know, one of your cousins would have seen it and been like, you know, Hey Aunt Alice, did you know that uh <laughs> Roger really doesn't like, you know, well, that hurts my feelings because he eats it. Why <laughs> wouldn't he tell me, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to keep going on that because I think you nailed it. Isolation, for one, you know, is really the biggest thing. But just the lack of humanity, you know, people aren't, you know, they, they're not, even with their family, they don't talk to their family that they're having these problems. Yeah. You know, or they feel like their family doesn't care. Maybe their family doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know where to go to get a good sense of community. They may not have any friends because all their friends are, you know, in different states online, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And look what they have to do with it. You know, just, she's, like the way they have to dress or something, you know, just to, they want to compete, you know, like, it's a competition or something, you know, like what they'll do with them. You can wear anything, you know, that's going to, you know, if you don't, then, you know, that means you're, 
somehow less valuable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. They have to do that. I mean, fortunately, there are some quite a few females that can, they're uh, okay with who they are. So I mean, that's the way it should be, you know, but unfortunately, there's too, not enough of them. It's too yeah. many of them to feel all that pressure that they have to be something different. Yeah, and that's, you know, self, self-consciousness self or self-value right. thing, too, you know, yeah. <clears throat> where they think they have to compete when, yeah. you know, it's like really the, if, you know, if if you're a heterosexual f- female, there'll be a guy out there, and you don't necessarily want the guy that thinks you're the hottest thing he's ever seen, because then he's putting the value on you as your looks before yeah. he even gets to know you, you right. know? yep. I mean, if you want free drinks at the bar, yeah, that might be a strategy. Yeah, but when you actually want somebody, you know, to start a family with or mm. to have a good relationship with, that's not, you know, I yeah. mean, for some guys it is priority. Which, I mean, you see how they are—they're in their forties and fifties, they're still single, you know, and they're with a chick twenty years younger than them. Yeah, because that's clearly their priority, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but for those females that, you know just want to feel important it's not all in the looks you know yeah go to school get a good education then your value is beyond your looks i mean it is anyway but you know now your value is in your helping the world whether you're a scientist or (laughs) you know even if you're just a secretary you know you're you're doing your part and then that's going to bring you self-confidence and Mm -hmm. it compounds but um all right one last thing here and then we'll take a break. I think it's, I saved this for last because I think it's a uh, good thing to break on. But what's, I have one piece of advice written down, but what's some of the best advice, you don't have to just give me one, but that you've received in your lifetime, whether it's career advice, you know, life advice. Wow. <laughs> well, there's a lot of, Good things, I guess. Just anything that really sticks out, you know. Maybe an uncle told you, you know, or that. I'm trying to think if somebody told me things. I know I've learned a few things, but I don't know if I got any funny family things that really, you know. That I mean, it could even be a job, you know, a boss told you, or a coworker, or just somebody you met at, you know, local coffee shop or whatever. Well, even a book you read, you know, <laughs> just some good advice. Well, just, I guess you just have to have that never give up thing, you know. So, I mean, you're going to be a lot of attempts at different things you want to do, but not, you know, it's going to be a lot of failures. You just can't, you have to keep getting up and doing it again. Pretty soon, uh, it'll be, it'll work, it'll be right for you, but. That's one of the first things I can think of. It, you know, I, well, and I just believe, like I said, I'm a religious person, so I believe you do the right things. You, what you believe is the right thing. Things are going to be turn out right for you. <clears throat> well, just like I said, you get up every. I get up every day and think, well, something's good's going to happen today. You know, so you have to have that positive outlook which is not necessarily make everything 
turn out better for you, but it just makes you feel better whether it does or not, you know, so you're always happier that way. So I think that's the most important thing is to do whatever it's going to do to make you happy, make you, you know, that's why we're here to just enjoy this life. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good one too. Enjoy life, you know, the highs and the lows because you learn from the lows. Right. But when you dwell on the highs, you know, you don't, one, you don't know how to handle the lows, but you don't really learn anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's not too many people go through lives without a lot of, you know, bad things happening, but you can't let that be your life. You know, have to, to realize there's going to be a lot of good things, too. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's what you look forward to. I mean, like the, and appreciate the things that have been good things that happen to you. You know, so... I mean, I've personally, I, I know you've heard that the saying, life sucks, then you die, you know? Yeah, or, yeah, that's, <laughs> I've heard that, but and it, I look at this way, another one is like, uh, getting old sucks, but it beats the alternative, you know? So, I'm, I'm old, but I still enjoy my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I lost my wife, you know, but I promise here that I would enjoy life if, if if she passed before I did and you know it's hard to be without her but I mean I still enjoy living and I enjoy my family mostly that's what keeps you know I get more enjoyment out of that than anything else so and it's our family my wife and I's family I guess not my family it's our family that we started so I uh, I'm still enjoying my life yeah I wouldn't be possible you, know? you, you always wonder what, <laughs> yeah. You know, always wonder. I guess when you get older, what that would, what would happen. You know, you say, "Oh man, what am I going to do with my without my life partner?" You know. Well, it's not easy sometimes, but I mean, you know, it's life is still there to. Give me, gotta give this life to enjoy this life. So, I'm going to enjoy it. And I said, sometimes you have some tough times, but most of the time, you know. I'm looking forward to every next day. That, you know, that get up in the morning and say, "Whoa, I'm, it's going to be a good day." Yeah, and I personally, I think if you can find joy in the failures too, if well, like, because you can't fail unless you try. That's an old saying. You right. Know, you yeah. miss every shot you don't take. Right. But if you can't find the joy in the failure, it makes it hard to continue. Obviously, you know, when you dwell on the fact that you're failing and not the fact that you're trying, it's yeah, you know. I mean, it reminds me of what DJ was just told me one time before the baseball season started this year. He said, I think I'll try and play baseball this year. He says, but he says, I don't know. I'm not really very good at baseball. I said, well, if you if you don't try, how do you know how good you are? You know, you, yeah. you're going to, if you just accept it, you're no good. Give it a shot, you know, and then. Learn something. Learn something, yeah. If you don't, you'll never know if he was any good or not. So you give it a shot. Go for it. And even if he's not good, if he enjoys it, what's well, it yeah, matter? That's you another know? thing. I say, even if you don't have to be the best player on the team, you can still joy and have fun. You know, that's that's part of playing on the team, you know, so you get enjoyment from that. Yeah. There's only going to be one guy on that team that's the best. There's going to be one, you know, the rest of them are not going to be, just like, you know, there's only going to be one team is going to win every when you play a game. One team's going to lose. Yep. You just can't win every game. 
It's not, I mean, you're not going to win every situation in life. You know, it's, it's wins and loses, but losses, I guess. But even the losses can be good. I mean, you're learning something. You enjoy it, but you want to win. You always want to win. You want to do your best and everything, but you got to go for it. If you don't just pass on everything the rest of your life, you know, you're just going to live in misery. Like, wish I would have did this. I wish I would have did that. But, you know, take a shot at it. That reminds me, I can't remember who the athlete was. Uh, I'm trying to think because I almost, I almost think I remember watching it live here. But I think it was either a hockey game. It might have been a baseball game, but I think it was a hockey game. There was like a post-game press conference. or They were talking to a couple of the players coming off the ice or something like that after the game. It might have even been for the Stanley Cup or something. But um, one of the players, I hope I'm not just imagining this because I, <laughs> I swear I remember it. But one of the players was asked, you know, kind of some questions about, you know, what happened, what he would have done different. And uh, just some questions about the loss, you know. Yeah. And he seemed to be getting kind of annoyed. And I think he said something along the lines of, well, regardless, that was professional practice, you know, <laughs> just, and I, you know, I just kind of remember thinking, what, you know, what professional yeah. practice and, it, you know, thinking about that, it kind of, I guess it could be interpreted different ways, but what I think he means is that he didn't lose necessarily. I mean, he may have lost that game, may have lost a cup or whatever, but he was still practicing his profession against professionals, which is only yeah, going to make him better. Yeah, you know? you're, a, you're a winner there. And, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're in the league, one, but. Yeah, I mean, just, so like I said, even sometimes uh, you might lose, but if you got to that point, you know, you you worked hard, you, you know, you're still a winner. I mean, you know, it's not like everybody, you know, that's an accomplishment. So you have to look at it like that, you know. So, right, and even you got to think, what did you lose? You know, you your name isn't on a cup, <laughs> but you know, you still got paid. You still got to do what you enjoy in life. You know, you still got to, like, for an athlete, for example. You know, you you're living your passion. You yeah. know, you're oh, right. You're that's, practicing that's winning. Yeah, I mean, you know, you might not win that big game, but a man, if you're there. And every, all the work and everything you've done to get to that point, you know, that's that's a winner there. Too. You've won, yeah. Yeah, you've won. The fact that you got to skate out on the ice or step out on the field is yeah, right. the win, yeah. you know. You, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let me go ahead and pause it here and take a little break. All right, and we're back. Yeah, just standing out on the porch, kind of enjoying the day there. Listening to the frogs and watching the birds, getting some sun. All right, well, a uh, couple fishing stories. I know we were going to break uh, back into the fishing stuff after the last podcast. So I had, well, you actually you brought up mushrooming on the last podcast too. So I had one thing, little story i wanted to bring up from mushrooming i don't know if you remember uh i think it was you me and mom we went down here to the river 
and uh, we ended up getting swarmed by tanagers, the scarlet tanagers. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, that it's a beautiful bird, and they were everywhere. Yeah, they were everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time I ever seen seen them like that. Yeah, and I, honestly, I haven't seen one in probably. <clears throat> I don't know. I want to say five years, but it might be a little longer. You know, I don't remember the last time I've seen one out here. Anywhere. I usually see them every year, but usually just be a pair out in the woods. Don't see them around the house or anything, but I didn't see any last year. But spectacular bird. (laughs) Yeah, they are. I mean, they're beautiful looking, beautiful sounding. The way they fly is beautiful. They're just cool. Do you know if they're more of like a hardwoods bird or if they're, you know, because I feel like I've only seen them in the woods. Yeah, usually just, that's usually, I've seen them up here around the house a few times, you know, just one day maybe on the end you just see them once and that's it. Just, I don't know if they're just passing through or something, but not very often knowing it. I've seen them in the woods here. When I had them in the woods there, they would stay there. So, you know, you just... They'd be pretty easy to see because when you there's such a bright red, you know, but you could there was a little foliage, not a lot, you know. You could see them long ways away, you know. That was you really noticeable. So yeah, which I don't know if that's part of the reason they're not around, but I kind of want to blame the cowbirds and <laughs> grackles, you know. I don't know what the reason is, but yeah, that could be part of it. I mean, when I was younger, that you know, we'd always see a lot more, uh, like even indigo buntings and stuff like that. You know, they seemed a lot more prevalent. And now, cowbirds have <laughs> kind of taken up the yeah. biomass of those other birds. I mean, you still see about the same amount of birds, but a lot of them are cowbirds and grackles, right? Compared to songbirds, you know. Yeah. Seems like even the swallows and the bluebirds have kind of gone down in numbers and, you know, other birds that really kind of stick out to are like the Orioles, you know. I mean, I guess I've, the Orchard Oriole, seeing him around is yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, we've been seeing him, don't see a lot of them, yes, but we see him usually every year, but not very often. You know, you can see him one day and then may not see him for a couple, two or three days and they show up for a little while and then, you know, but usually every year we'll have some round. Yeah. Red-headed woodpeckers have kind of made their <laughs> yeah appearance again, which is yeah cool. Pretty yeah. cool. I like those guys. Yeah. <laughs> they all seem to have an attitude too. I don't know what it is. You know, they all personality. Let's say that. They've got personality. Yeah. You know. Whereas like the uh, red-breasted, they're kind of, they're all kind of bullies, you know. <laughs> but the redheads all seem to have a little bit of character to them. Yeah, they do. It's almost like they, you know, feel like they're the superior breed, you know, the woodpeckers, you know. So they have to use that attitude, have to have to act like it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, even the way the redheads fly is pretty oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> unique, you know. I mean, they still kind of do that 
peak and valley thing right. but but they're just they and it could just be their color too but they definitely look a lot more elegant when they're flying mm-hmm. higher class <laughs> yeah well do you remember um well i guess a good bird transition would be the grouse you know uh trout fishing here in the grouse or even oh, i guess geez. late summer drumming yeah you hear that a lot when i'm going trout fishing i used to hear it around here years ago i could hear it every year we'd have i'd have your grouse in the woods you know you you could sit outside and you could hear them drumming you know that was a common thing around here a few years ago but not anymore so i haven't seen grouse around in a long time i've actually shot them around here but you know it was enough to hunt for a while now they're you know you got to go north i guess to find grouse now yeah what about woodcock? You still seeing them around here? Oh, I still see them. Not like I used to. It used to be every spring, you know, they they had a mating ritual that was kind of unique. You know, they had that, I don't know, sound that's, that they would make. And there was, when they would dive down, they'd fly around, you know, making this kind of circle. And then they would dive. When they would dive towards the ground, they'd make that noise. And then they would, you know, fur... You know, to get attention from the females. But if they ever, when they go all the way to the ground, as soon as I hit the ground, they would, you know, kind of bob around like I do a little display, you know. So, and we used to find nests out here all the time. You know, they'd make nests on the ground, obviously. So, but I haven't seen that in a few years. But there's, we still see them occasionally, but not like they used to be. Yeah, they are. Uh, the way they fly and do that circle and oh, yeah. that noise they make is pretty unique. Yeah. That's honestly probably one of my favorite bird noises is when they're yeah. whistling up there and then when they rock it down, you know. Mm-hmm. Pretty unique. Well, I don't know if Heath listens, but uh, he'll probably remember this. When uh, we were trout fishing <laughs> and... Uh, can't remember if it was him or I that forgot a life jacket on the shore, and then those canoers came through and picked them up. Oh yeah, they picked it up and didn't <laughs> didn't they wanted to? Oh, you go ahead and tell the story. Well, there was three girls. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I think it was Heath life jacket, but we went. I was downstream, and then from you guys, and I seen them coming down the street, and one of them had a life jacket on that looked just like the one we had. So then I contacted you guys, and I said, where's that life jacket? Because I was wondering if they, they picked it up, and they said, well, they laid it down, and that was gone, and I so I knew it was them, so they took off, and I said, I, they were going down the street, and I was hollering at them, saying, you got my life jacket? I said, uh, <laughs> kind of like to have it back. And they went arguing, and they said, no, that's mine. You know, so they was... I said, okay, well, I know it's mine, so uh, one way or another, I said, I, I'm going to come out, and uh, I'm going to go down the stream, and when you get close enough to me, I'm going to dump you in the river unless you get my uh, life jacket. So they finally threw it out, but they, did, they wanted to. They thought they were going to, you know, just stop and pick that life jacket up, thought it was, you know, because wanted to claim it as their own, I guess, but then they didn't want to acknowledge that they took it, but you know, they eventually came around when I threatened to dump them in a river. So 
I guess they didn't want to take a swim in a cold river, so they give it give it back to us. <laughs> but I still had to go get it because they threw it in the water. Then we had to wait for it to get where we could get to it. Wait out there and get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that one. That was, yeah, yeah. I uh, I jotted that down this week. I was, you know, while I was working and stuff, I was just kind of trying to think of little fishing memories that. Uh, you know, I needed your perspective on. Another one was uh, dry fly fishing at Gleason's where that uh, cabin's up on the hill. You get downriver a ways. Oh, yeah. And it makes that. Yeah, it's a big bend and it kind of goes. Back the yeah. same direction almost. Yeah. And uh, I wanted your input on if you remember what fly you were tossing. And I can't remember if you said you thought it was a big brook or a big brown, but maybe the biggest trout you missed on your fly rod there. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the fly, but... Was it a dry fly, do you remember? Yeah. If we were floating? No, okay. yeah, it was a dry fly of some kind, but I don't remember which one it was. It's been too long ago now to remember what, what fly we had, but... Yeah, that was a, <laughs> one of those big ones that... Just could have been, but it didn't. It didn't, you know, one of those that should have been, or but it didn't happen. So, you know, you don't forget those. Oh, man, those are the ones I should have had. But, you know, I don't know. You, you remember those more than you do the ones you catch, you know, the, well, that one that got away. <laughs> that one hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you were telling it on the podcast, but uh, you were talking about those that perch, biggest perch of your life. Through the ice, oh, yeah. you watched him. I think, I, I don't know, yeah, remember if I told you that, yeah. Yeah, I was looking through the ice, and we was, you know, you could see perch. We was catching perch occasionally, you know, and they get some pretty good ones sometimes, but. Oh, this one time, I was just sitting there, you know, you're fishing on minnows. You'd look down, you could see the perch when they was coming in. They, this huge, huge perch came in. And boy, I was all excited. I thought, you know, you have to have patience there, because you just swim right up to that minnow and they're just looking at it for a minute you know and then come on you know and it, sometimes they would just swim up and they'd turn away but this one here is that well so he was kind of nervous if he's going to take it or not but eventually he just kind of opened his mouth kind of suck it in a little bit and i thought oh man i got him you know so i you know jerked on my rod i thought i had him and i just it was too fast I didn't let him take it long enough, and I jerked it right out of his mouth. And he just swam away real slow, and I mean, man, man, that was <laughs> that was a huge perch. Uh, those there, like that's like that. <laughs> some of those things that happen, you know, it's like the one that got away. You know, those ones you get away that man you should have had. Those are the ones you don't, you you can't forget. Yeah, yeah. there's <clears throat> there's something about that too, and getting close. Yeah, now, if I'd have had that one, I'd he'd still I still have it. It'd be mounted on my wall somewhere. <laughs> yeah, those close encounters are definitely uh, almost as good as you know. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to say as good because you can't eat it, you can't look at it every day on the wall, but it's definitely a legend. Yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about that kind of it still hurts. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, I can still see it. I can remember. Oh, I remember that so well. Yeah. See that big perch just swim up there real slow, and you're just sitting there, you know, waiting. I kept waiting, waiting, waiting. Finally, finally, he did it. You know, like I said, sometimes they'll just turn and slowly swim away. 
That one there, he finally took that minnow, and man, as soon as he had that minnow's mouth, I tried to set the hook and uh, just, just jerked it right out of his mouth. You know? <laughs> he just turned and swam away real slow. Yeah, I probably had a. Uh, I'm sure I <clears throat> out a few words there that I probably shouldn't have, but after that. That happens. Oh, yeah. That Emotions. Happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah. it kind of makes me, uh, <clears throat> talking about Perch, one of my highlight memories, I think we told it last time, one of them is when we were fishing jumbles out of the canoe and saved that kid's life. Yeah. <laughs> but one of my other ones is uh, Higgins Lake. Oh, yeah. Where you know you drill, yeah, no. a hole, the ice fishing, yeah, and then just yeah, ice fishing. You drill a hole and just look down it, see if you oh. could see anything because it's so clear. Yeah, I mean you still have the depth finder and all that, the fish finder, but mm-hmm. you know that's more for when you're on fish. You can kind of see where how far they are, yeah, suspended and whatnot. But anyways, we drill some holes, look down in them. All right, there's some perch down here, and then. You start fishing, and then that one day where, I mean, you couldn't keep two rods going. You know, I think we no, filled a... F- I was going to say, I think that's the day we ran out of bait. Was that the time, you know, we I had to leave you out on the lake? I had to go get more bait? Yeah, yeah. And you weren't that old, and I thought I kind of felt bad about, I don't know if I should leave you out here alone, you know. So you were. I had to walk all the way. Well, you know, it's a big lake. You're way out in the middle of the lake there. It's a long ways. <laughs> Couple hundred yards at least. Oh yeah, offshore. I thought, yeah, we were probably further than that. Yeah, yeah. we were far enough away that I remember every time I'd catch one, there was a little hole in the side of the shanty because you were just fishing out on the ice. I had the single man pop up, and there was a little hole in the side of the shanty. I could slip a fish out into a pocket, a yeah, bucket, stick it out through the hole. And then uh, there was a window on the other side, and I swear every time I flipped open the window, I could see you walking away. <laughs> And it felt like 20 minutes. I'd catch a fish or two, look out to see where you were at, you know. And then I remember I had to start taking tongues, <laughs> you know. I was fishing with tongues till you got back. Tongues, yeah. tongues or eyes, I can't yeah, remember which. Yeah, you could use but. fish eyes or a little t- <laughs> Use them. Yeah, I had to go all the way back to Cabin Then I had to go downtown to get or, you know, a little store down there where we could uh, yeah. get more bait, you know. So it took a while. So Only maybe a what, maybe a quarter mile, half mile from yeah. the... Yeah. But I do also remember when I was out there, after I didn't see you, I was like, okay. If something happened, do I know exactly where... Because I knew the direction you were walking. Yeah. And there wasn't, a, there wasn't a ton of snow. You know, there was open patches where it was just like, you could skate on it. Mm-hmm. I remember wearing the cleats, but I... I couldn't figure out where the cabin was. I kept oh, trying yeah. to think, all right, I know it's over there somewhere, but w- like, <laughs> where is it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes a little, you know, when you're out there, you know, everything looks a little different when you're out on the lake and looking at, you know, the sh- along the shoreline. It's like, oh, you know, it's hard for even, it was even hard for me sometimes. If you get closer to shore, then you can kind of figure out where you're going, but... You know, to go straight to it, no, it's kind of hard to. No, and then there was that one pine tree on the beach. That yeah, we had that pretty one tall. big pine tree, so that kind of helped a little bit. But. <laughs> yep. Well, did you want to uh, talk about your muskie a little bit? Well. 
first off, where was it? It was at uh, Hamlin Lake over by Ludington. Only one, you know, we was fishing two sons, Mike and Matt. We just casting. And I, I was casting a, a lure like a, similar to a daredevil, but it was a different color. It was more like a black and gold. Like a big spoon? Yeah, it was a big spoon, you know. And I never even thinking about catching a muskie, you know. So, you know, there's a lot of pike in the lake. You know, you just seem like, you, you know, you, you kind of cast them. You're kind of coping, trying to catch pike, but you never think about catching a muskie. So, you know, because you don't yeah. think you're ever going to catch one, you know. So, you know, the fish of what, 10,000 casts, I think. Yeah, something so, like that. Yeah, so. <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, you know, and I got this fish, I assumed it was a pike. It was getting up a pretty good battle, you know, so. And I guess, you know, it was kind of shocked when I got it in and got in the net. Musky. Unbelievable. You know, it's the first one I'd ever caught. And it was it was a pretty good size musky. I don't remember how the length of it now, but it was pretty big. I mean, not trophy or nothing, but I mean, you know, it was a big musky. So that was exciting. So that's the only one I've ever caught. Do you remember if it broke 50? Oh, no, it wasn't that big. So, but it was pretty good size. We, we caught a lot of, quite a few pike that day, but you know, this one is so much bigger than all the pike we caught. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's one of those things. It's like one, one of those one in a lifetime thing. I mean, you know, a lot of people have probably caught lots of muskie, but for me, that was the only one I've ever caught. And, you know, well, it was, when Mike and Matt was younger, was we fished a lot for pike and bass because that's what, well, that's what I like to do too. I like to cast, you know, and just mm-hmm. throw lures and stuff, and so did they. So that's the kind of fishing we did for quite a bit, you know. So, so I guess sooner or later, if you throw enough of those baits out there, you can something's going to hit sometime, you know, sooner or later. So we got lucky that day. So <clears throat> what? What? I know it's probably going to be hard to choose, but. If you had to pick a favorite body of water for pike, not necessarily trophy pike, but just for action, you know. <laughs> well, I guess there's probably a lot of really good lakes where they're better than the ones that I've fished, but I guess we've had a lot of fun up to, like, Reedsburg, the dam up there, you know. There's a lot of, just seem to be, Good place for the pike. Just seemed to, I don't know, it's that backwater there by the dam and all that cover around the, you know, there's, it's, you know, lots of bass too, but there's lots of pike in there. So yep. you can get, if you target the pike and if you're fishing for them, you can catch them. I mean, you're going to wind up catching pike, but yeah. So that's a pretty good place to go. Yeah, it seems to be kind of littered with pike, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how anything else survives in there. There's Oh, that's true. There's a lot of pike. There's a lot of pike in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um have you ever done any lake trout through the ice? Never caught a lake trout. I mean, you know, there's I never really targeted them that much. Maybe once or twice when we tried to fish for a little while with them, but and you know, I, my sister and her husband Jim. They had that place in Higgins Lake, and so had opportunities, but 
I guess I never really targeted them so you know just maybe on occasion once or twice but probably didn't put enough time into it but, but I've seen a lot of them come out of that lake so they're pretty nice yeah they're pretty yeah and now I know last time after we I'm pretty sure it was after we got off we shut down you were talking about a a time you were semi embarrassed out fishing because Mike made some decisions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that was at, at Seagull. and uh, we were just you know they were younger, Mike and Matt, the both. I don't recall how old they were then, but they were both young, you know. So probably, I'm guessing. 12, 13, 14 years old, maybe something like that. They <laughs> were just, even we were all, you know, my kids are always casting bass and everything. So, but always a lot of seagulls around. You know, if you know, anybody's fish much, you know, if you catch a, you know, catch a fish or, you know, like, a, and it's not when you want to keep it. If it dies, you just throw it on a lake and throw it back in. And if it doesn't make it, won't be long. Seagulls come and got it, you know, so they'll come around and bang, come down and pick it up. Well, if your Mike was fishing a, a rapala, you know, the floating rapalas, you throw it out there, and then it was seagulls around, you know, and I, I thought, man, you better not, uh, you better be careful of that thing. Those seagulls will come down, and you think you got a, you know, a minnow, they're flashing on the top of the water, and he's going <laughs> to yeah. grab it. Of course, I think Mike was, that was his intention. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what happened. Seagull came down. Hooked him on the leg, you know. He missed it, but it, Mike tried to, you know, he jerked the line or something, hooked him on the leg, so he got him hooked, and that seagull took off. He was fine, and he was making all kinds of wreck. And we wasn't that far from shore, like the public beach area, you know. There wasn't too many people on the beach, but they were, you know, I'm thinking, oh, man. These people are going <laughs> to, we got a bird in the air, you know, on a fishing line, you know, and they're not going to like that, so. Uh, so I try to, we couldn't hardly get him in. I mean, you know, get him in. He was, it took forever to get him, get them off that, that get him unhooked. But, you know, I, I thought, oh man, we're going to have a, somebody over here going to, not going to like that, you know, some park <laughs> ranger or something said, what are you guys doing, you know? So, <laughs> you know, Mike was having fun. So I guess, you know, <laughs> I had too many guys ever hauled in a seagull, I guess, on your fishing line, but Mike did. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I, trying to get that thing on hook because he had that hook in his, you know, and he, man, it's kind of nasty when you get him up by the boat. We had to get him, reel him all the way in, and then he was, you know, he was really squawking. And, you know, you trying to get that hook out by his leg, and, you know, he's going <laughs> to. Snapping at he's you. He's going to snap, you know, so <laughs> you got to try and get something up there to keep, keep his head away from you so he could get him on hook. I don't even remember how he did to do it, but he finally got him on hook and let him go, but. <laughs> I thought we were going to have an issue with a, one of the rangers or something, you know, but they didn't ever bother us after that, but I was kind of worried about it. I thought somebody's going to tell them that we're just harassing the <laughs> seagulls. <laughs> Actually, that lake there has muskies in it too, but we didn't never caught one out of there, but that's a pretty good fishing lake. Well, uh, yeah, I don't really know how to top catching a seagull, but... <laughs> You ever uh, <clears throat> do any like spearing through the ice? 
When I was real young, we did that a few times with some of the guys around town. We had, I mean, I, don't, I just remember there's a shanty, and I don't know if it was, it was everybody get to use it or something. I know we did, that was with my cousin, Lester. He'd make chili or something. We had, you know, they had a little heater in there. Well, that was pretty fun, but sat there, and, you know, you put the old decoy down there, and you just sat there, a big hole in the ice, you know, waiting for the, you know, you know that spear, but. Yeah, that was, that's actually kind of fun, you know, but sort of hunting. You're just waiting and waiting and waiting for that. It's like deer hunting. You're waiting for that deer to show up. You're sitting there waiting and waiting for that pike to, you know, slip coming in there up to that hole, you know. So I remember, I don't remember, I remember seeing some pike, but I don't recall ever spearing any myself. But I know we got some, but I don't think I ever did connect. <laughs> but that's, that's a pretty good experience. But yeah. when I got older, we didn't really, I always wanted to do that, but I didn't really, uh, I guess, I, I don't know why, but we never did. Yeah. Because, you know, I've seen, uh, when I was fishing for perch sometimes, you know, you can see down in the hole and something, you see perch, or once in a while, you see a bite go through there, you know, because I'd have a 10-inch auger and I'd fill two holes right side by side, you know, so you have a pretty big hole there where you could see. Because I had two, my ice shanty had, was made like that you could put two holes right next to each other so and you know i just take the center out too so you'd have a little you know it'd be 20 inch long 10 inches wide you know so you have a pretty good hole to see big old window yeah <laughs> and that kind of reminds me one time after we got took we done fishing and you know all those holes are full of slush or something you know so and mike and matt was with me and uh, Matt stepped right into one of those holes, and he went, you know, he didn't notice, he didn't see that hole, he couldn't see it, so he stepped in that big hole and he went down. And I'll never forget it because Mike thought it was pretty funny. He was really laughing, and Matt didn't think it was so funny. He was pretty mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he stepped in there, he went all the way to his waist, you know. So, I mean, you know, just like one leg or something, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I could see where you could almost slip in if it's... Yeah, you couldn't see it. I mean, you know, it was all full of you know, the slush, so it just covered... You know, after we moved our ice shanty, you know, there's all that slush around there and everything. You just kind of cover that hole up so it'll freeze. Yep. So there's no hole there. So Matt accidentally stepped in that hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, that, I mean, it, it, it is funny, and I wasn't there. So, yeah. I mean, I've gone through the ice a couple of times myself. I've stepped in holes and all that. You know, it's not fun, but no. looking back at it, it's fun. I think it's Steve Ranella that kind of grades his fun based on, like, uh, or how something fun is on a scale where, like, there's roller coaster, right? Where, yeah. it's, where it's fun in the moment. Yeah. But then when you're done, it's not fun. Right. <laughs> and then there's stuff like that that's not fun in the moment, but when you look back, it's, you know enjoyable so something yeah. like that is probably pretty high on steve Ranella's scale of fun <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah yeah that kind of reminds me another one, one time carolyn you know my wife she loved ice fish she 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 just you know she really liked it we went we did a lot of ice fishing we was at crystal once and we we're doing okay and the reason i bring this up is because she it was her story she keeps She's told everybody, I don't know how many times, that she, every time she would start, 
I'll break her. You know, she'd start laughing before she could finish the story because I had to go to the bathroom really bad. I mean, bad. <laughs> but I was catching fish, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to go, so I'm gonna keep holding on as long as I can. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I finally said, "Oh man, I gotta go." So we had. I had to. Little place of year you could go there, and you know, not too far from. I don't. We weren't too far offshore, a couple hundred yards, so maybe, maybe not even that much. But I don't know. And I started going, walking for sure. I didn't think I was gonna make it, man. I was holding everything together that I could. I was walking on my tiptoes and playing. <laughs> and every time she tells that story, she says, she said, she, she you know, she, she would almost fall down laughing because they're watching me walk into that and walking up the shore trying to go to the bathroom. <laughs> And that was a long walk because I had to go so bad. I don't know how I made it. I don't know how I did it. But, man, oh, man, I, you know, you just put your legs so tight together, and I'm just walking on my toes and got everything <laughs> cramped up as tight as I can. And she, you could see that when you're walking, you know. My, and that just cracked her up, and she seen me doing that. So <laughs> that was the funniest thing for her. It's, you know, that was one of her funniest stories. Determination. But, That's yeah, how you made I know. It. You know, I had to, I was catching fish. I didn't want to quit, you know. So, but, man. You get to a certain point, and you don't have no choice. Well, and that's and only, I just about didn't make it, but I did make it somehow. I don't know how. But. That's only three quarters of the battle when you're ice fishing, too, because then you got to get all the heavy clothes off. Oh yeah, Jesus, you got snowsuit and everything else, you know. <laughs> and you're inside this little out, you know, outhouse, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Man, you don't want to take your clothes off in there. It's like cold, cold, and all that other crap. Nasty, it's nasty stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. Crap, clear up to the top, you know. Yeah, that's not fun. No, <laughs> but yeah, don't, you don't think about that when you have to go like I did. <laughs> Just grateful you have a place Ooh, you can go. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's. <laughs> I do think I remember her telling me that yeah, a couple she's times. She probably told everybody that story quite a few times. Cause, <laughs> and even when every time she told it, she'd have to, you know, crack her up a little bit more, you know. So. I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> yeah, because I was a, yeah, I was a goat on that one, you know, so I don't know. <sighs> yeah, you probably remember <clears throat> I had a reverse story kind of like that where I, we were going up north ice fishing and I got McDonald's. Oh, I, mean, I remember this one. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think I know where you're going to that, so go ahead. Yeah, just food poisoning. Oh, no, something. go ahead, this is a different thing. <laughs> no, okay. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, we, I think we actually talked about that on... Uh... Oh, yeah, okay, we talked about that one before when you had to go. We had to stop on 27. <laughs> yeah. You barely yeah. made it out the door. Yep. <laughs> Crap, on all the cars are going by. I like them. okay, go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you there, so that was different. <laughs> no, but uh, we were... We stopped at McDonald's or something. I had food poisoning. It upset my stomach, but I didn't want to not go ice fishing. Mm. <laughs> and we had made it out, and then it hit me, and I had to had to puke. <laughs> yeah. And I remember doing that. Every time I puked, I felt better, <laughs> but I got weaker, you know. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> but I didn't want to not ice fish, so it was just mm -hmm. put up with it, feeling miserable, like... looking in the hole. Yeah, I think, yeah, man, I think I'm dying, but I don't want to quit. <laughs> yep, just puke, put a little bit of snow on it, you know. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I know. Like you said, every time you puke like that, oh, man, it just drains you, you know, so you don't have hardly nothing left. Yeah, I might have been 10 or 12. I wasn't that old. I just <laughs> I just remember not wanting to not go, you yeah. know. I didn't want to get stuck in the cabin or anything like that. I have to not ice fish for a day. Lose a afternoon of ice fishing. Mm-hmm. Well, that did remind me of another story. One girl and I went up, we had a van, went up trout fishing. She liked the trout fish, too. The Purple Plymouth? Yeah. 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 Thing and then die. we got all the way up there and got in the campground, got everything all set up, and we just, she started, I don't, I don't feel good, you know. She started getting sick. And she just kept getting worse. I thought, oh, man, now what, you know. So she said, well... Gonna take me home. This is, I'm sick. Got all the way up here, all set. You know, I was all ready to go, all ready for camping weekend. <laughs> Turn around, come all the way back. She was sick. She got sick. She had to bring her home. Yeah, no, that was that was one of those strange deals. She, she was real sick, but I mean, man, you know, you go up here in anticipation of having a good a fun fishing weekend. weekend. Yeah, <laughs> no, we got all the way up here, and she started saying, "I don't feel so good." I think I'm getting sick, and she was real sick, so she's got to take me home. I said, okay. So we packed up and came back home. <laughs> Never fished at all. Yeah, one of my, uh, <clears throat> one of the stories I'll always remember, Grandma Lake fishing, was uh, we were on Houghton, and uh, I had just been introduced to, like, uh, like blade baits, right? Like mm-hmm. the big ones. Not oh. like a buzz bait. I guess they're spinners, but, mm. you know, you got the skirt and everything, and you were telling me how to, you know, if you have a pike, follow you to the boat to figure eight. Yeah. And, like, about half an hour later, I had one follow me to the boat, and I figure eighted it, and I fumbled on it, <laughs> and it was a big one. And then about ten minutes after that, Grandma's rod doubles over. <laughs> And she's got this massive fish on, you know, mm-hmm. and she fought it for, felt like 15, 20 minutes. And, uh, I mean, it was going everywhere. It had weed all on the line, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember you went to interject to help her out, and she kept telling you she had it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you reached down and tightened her drag a little bit, <laughs> and then... Maybe 30 seconds later. We never did, don't know what it was, but maybe yeah. 30 seconds later it popped off. Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember her turning and looking at you. That that yep. look she gave you, man. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yep. She wasn't too happy. I don't think yeah. she talked to you. You know for... what? It might be. I did the same thing to your mother once. We never did know what that fish was. That She had that fish on for a long time. I think it must have been a big catfish or something, you know, because we were fishing over on the... Uh, I can't remember. It's up by Sanford. It's a dam up there or something. But it was, I don't remember the name of that lake, but, but she had that fish on for a long time. <laughs> and, you know, after a while, I thought, man, we got to get somewhere. So did the same thing to Shelley. And we lost it. Finally, you know, <laughs> broke, line broke. But you'll have to ask her about that. She probably is still mad about that. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> She's a female, and they seem to yeah. hold grudges. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing against women. Oh. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's that's one that that always makes me kind of chuckle because you know, yeah, it was uh, I mean, you, you were like, yeah, you know, do the figure eight and everything. So I just spent basically the day trying to catch a big pike. Mm-hmm. I missed my figure eight. You know, you didn't really say much. You're like, ah, oh, it happens, and then. You didn't really say anything to Grandma either about, you know, sorry, or it happens, you know. I yeah. was just like, oop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were some good days drifting walleyes, too, up there that was... Oh, yeah. We just had some pretty good days out doing that at Holton Lake. Yeah. That was, that was still some of the more fun days, even though they were a little windy. You know, you'd get the chill yeah. in the evening or whatever, but... Yeah. That was always, always fun. Yeah. That lake can get pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll actually get warnings. That's one of the only inland lakes I get warnings for is, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll get like a Lake Michigan warning, Superior Shoreline warning or whatever, you know, Huron warning, and then a Houghton Lake warning will pop up and it's like, what? But yeah, just being that it's so shallow, yeah. you know, that water moves right. big time. Mm-hmm. And I think it is our biggest inland lake, right? Oh, yeah. I think it is. I'm pretty sure, yeah. If not, it's top two, top three. Yeah. yeah. I know Higgins is pretty big, too. Yeah, Higgins is a big lake. I, don't, I, I almost think well, Crystal Lake beats Higgins. The one up by Frankfurt. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, there's another big lake up there well of course that's not as wide as thinking like long lake or something you know like oh yeah yeah long lakes up there but that's kind of between harrison and houghton though unless oh, we're thinking of a different long oh, lake. you're thinking a different one i'm taking one way up by traverse city farther north mm. little glacial lake or something yeah yeah well, do yeah, you, there's uh, a lot of lakes. Long, you know, you start looking at all the you know, probably most, you know, long lakes. There's a bunch of long lakes, you know, <laughs> crystal, yep. crystal lakes, blue, bluegill lake, and you know, round bass lakes. lake, round lake, yeah, half moon lake, <laughs> yeah, horseshoe, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of those. <laughs> all right, yeah. So I guess um, just to kind of pick your brain a little bit. What what would you say your favorite fish species is to chase? I guess you can, if you really want, you can divide it into two categories. River and lake, or you can go three categories. River, lake, and through the ice. I know it's well, tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's all fun, but. I got to go with just trout fishing. I just love, you know, it's. I don't know what it is, something about it, just being in a trout stream, you know, that's yep. that's the best thing about fishing trout, you know, just being there. So that'd be my favorite, you know, dry fly fishing for, you know, trout streams. Yep, yep, I agree, I agree. As much as I love salmon and as much as I love steelhead, there's nothing like yeah. uh, right. spending a whole day just yeah, wondering just, what's going to pop that fly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, that's part of the fun. It's like it's like fishing for bass, you know, topwater fishing for bass too. You know, you got you can see your beak going, you know, across the water and you're just watching all the time. And then, you know, bass are grabbing. You know, that's that's part of the fun. I mean, that's when you're fishing for 
trout the same way. You know, you'd watching your fly just drift down. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, you see a trout just rise up and grab it. And you miss it and you Yeah, do. I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> then most of the time you're going to miss it. <laughs> you, I got, nope, nothing there. Too late. You but, <laughs> I, I mean, you can attest to this. Those, those trout, even if, you know. You miss them. A lot of times you can float that fly right back over top of it again. And yep, you can get them a second time. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because salmon, and I think you'll, at least I think you'll agree with me here, salmon and steelhead, they're fun because of the fight for one. Yeah. But once you start tying flies for them, you know, mm-hmm. catching something on a fly that you tied is. Yeah, it uh, makes it more interesting, more fun. Yeah, especially when they strike it, you know. Yeah. Like when a, you get those nice early run salmon, they're aggressive, you know, yeah. they're happy fish. Right. You float a leech or something in front of them and you see that mouth open up. It's like, yep. Mm-hmm. Same with steelhead. You know, you might be floating like a PM wiggler or something by one. Then you see it drift over and hit it. You know, after oh, it's yeah. been line shy all day, you just pick the right fly and it's like, yeah, I can risk it. You know? Yeah. That's fun. And the oh, acrobatics. Yeah. Right. But oh, yeah. yeah, there's yeah, something that- about trout. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't. That's just. I love all kinds of fishing, but I think that would, if I'm going to put one on top, I'd have to say that fly fishing for just you know stream trout and stuff. So is that and over you, all of them? Or if you catch, that... if you catch a nice trout, whatever rainbow or brown trout or something, you know, and uh, some and a fly rod, you know, that's that's quite fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It possibly the most fun. Yeah, honestly, you know. Right. I mean, even you know, bluegills on poppers and yeah, sinking love, leech or sinking fish. spiders is fun. But I love fishing bluegills too, and especially in, you know on the on their beds and stuff. You know, so that's fun. So if you had to pick a favorite lake fish to pursue, would it be bluegills or just pan fish in general, or where are you at? <sighs> It'd have to be bluegills, I guess. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just love fishing for them. When I was younger, I mean, when we always wanted to fish bass fishing, you know, because we just, it's fun too. I love, still like to do that. It's fun, you know, just to throw the old, you know, cast, casting a lot, you know, for lures and whatever, different, just so many different ways you fish for bass. So that's, that's fun too. But I guess I still just like to, you know, you're catching bluegills on light line or light tackle. It's, it's still a lot of fun. You catch some nice, nice bluegills so you get pretty good bite from them so i enjoy that yep yeah i'd have to agree you know for a while there it was probably bass and pike just because you know of the casting yeah and then i went through my crappie phase (laughs) fishing specs you know whether it's a minnow under a bobber or beetle spins or crankbaits you know those were always Mm -hmm. really fun to pursue and you know, I mean, I enjoy it all. You know, I definitely take advantage of the seasons when, oh, yeah. you know, bluegills are on the bed or yeah. crappie are feeding. But um, yeah, bluegill probably panfish take the take the cake. Yeah, one thing about the bluegills or even any of those, you know, crappies or even perch when you're fishing for perch, catch perch. So, yeah, there's some good meals there. Oh, yeah, I love these. You know, yeah, they're all good. I mean, I would almost say perch and bluegill yeah, are the best. They're the best, yeah. You know, walleye is probably 
tied for second with uh I don't I'm not even gonna say crappy because you know crappy's good. Don't get me wrong, I really like crappy. Yeah, they're it's, good. It's a good pan fish, but um you know, if you can if you can catch a pike and deal with the bones. Yeah, pike it, are good. It's a it's a different flavor, but it's a good flavor, mm-hmm. you know. I like pike, but yeah, it's, it's a predator fish. Get an auto. Get those white bones out. Yeah. I've never been real good at it, but I can well, get good enough so I can manage to get a little, get some meat off of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, walleye, obviously, they'll eat leeches and worms, same as pike, but they're both primarily, you know, eaters of other fish, whereas, you know, like a panfish. Oh, yeah. you know, well, I guess crappy, too. Once they get big enough, they're mainly eating minnows and whatnot. But Yeah. Yeah. So how about through the ice? Favorite pursuit? Well, <laughs> well, have to be the same thing, I guess. You know, I panfish. Yeah, yeah, I loved fishing for bluegills because I don't know. It's just you know, I, you fish for everything. You know, as you can set up tip ups for pike and everything. You know, so oh, I've I've caught bass on tip ups. <laughs> you know. And I've got perch on tip-ups. I've got some pretty big perch <laughs> on tip-ups. You wouldn't think so, but, you know, they'll eat a pretty big minnow if you know a pretty good-sized perch ball. But, but still, like, just sitting in a shanty or even out on the open ice, just kind of jigging, you know, and you, you just, if you got your uh, sonar, you know, your fish finders, so you can see your bait, you can see the fish come up there. So, and you know, it's fun when you got fish there, when you know there's fish down there, and you just, and you try and you, you, you know, like playing a to, video game. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know, just kind of. I always had best luck just when you get just kind of just slowly jigging, just kind of rate, just slowly bring it up just a little bit, a little bit. You know, keep bringing it up, and when you start, some fish, I think they think, well, they're looking at it for a while. I think, oh, going to get away, getting away. I better get that. So that's when you catch most of them. Anyway, you know, sometimes you just they wouldn't take it all the way up, and you know drop it back down and then as soon as it hits the bottom again you know they take it but cut a lot of them on the just jigging up real slow yeah, it's fun so, yeah if you're watching on the basic on your fish finder <laughs> you know you can see it all you can see them come right up right behind your your bait and stuff you know so that's yeah. all fun yeah that is probably the uh the funner part is when you either you you mark a school or you start seeing them you know, as you drop, you know, your teardrop or whatever down there, they follow it down. Yeah. You're like, oh, that was a fish. I didn't even know that was a fish. You know, you see that line go down. It's like, yeah. oh, hey, we're in the zone. <laughs> yeah. Well, do, uh, oh, didn't mean to bump the mic there. You got any um stories that pop up off the top of your head out of the boat with Grandma? Hmm. <laughs> None that really, I can't remember any, uh, I just know that she loved to fish, you know, so, I mean, when we was in, we fished a lot in the boat, she she wanted to always go fishing, so she could fish all day, you know, so, and she was, she was a pretty good fisherman, so, she yeah. caught a lot of fish, Yeah. and, I don't know, I, I used to help her a lot, but I mean, just because, no, I just wanted to help her, not because she wouldn't do anything herself, but. I mean, I did most of the, you know, the riggings on the line and stuff like that. So she didn't, 
have the knowledge to set the lines up and stuff like that, fishing rods. But but all I have to do is hand her a fishing pole that was ready to go, and she, she did her part. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, if I were to guess, just from my experience fishing with her, her favorite was panfish, oh, yeah. hands down. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple times I remember she'd, we'd be drifting for walleye and she'd still be, yes. you know, trying to catch bluegills or yeah. she'd be irritated that we were yeah. too deep to catch anything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I know you you told me about you guys getting thrown out of the boat. Yeah. That's kind of a, you know, landmark memory. Do you mm-hmm. have any, uh. Crazy experiences in the boat, whether it's, you know, with Mike, Mom, Grandma, whoever, fishing. <laughs> Not me, but that reminds me of, a, you, you You know more about that one when Gregory's little story went off in the raft. Do you remember that one? Off remember the, when they, I wasn't there, so. Off the pontoon? Pontoon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that could have been bad. But <laughs> yeah, he could have died. Yeah. He went on, okay, so he fell off the front of the pontoon. Yeah, how old was he? Oh, he might have been four or five. I, I I don't even know if he was that old, honestly. Yeah, I don't think he was even quite that old. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was young, 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 and he fell off the front of the pontoon, went underneath between the tubes, and somehow the motor missed him. I don't know how. <laughs> I do not know how. Yeah, I know. Grace of God. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And he was life jacketed up, so it's not like he was underneath the prop. You know, yeah. he was right up on top where <laughs> you know, his little legs dangling or whatever could have definitely been sucked in. Yeah. Crazy. Not right off the front and well pontoon went right over the top of him, but <laughs> there he comes off the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was scary. Just, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, you've been thrown around in the airboat, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah, you can think, uh, was it Ryan? That was Ryan driving. That was not me. <laughs> yeah, Ryan did that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, mean, I remember I got a little more upset than I should have, you know. I usually pride myself on being not necessarily always calm, but having, you know, because personally I know that you know, once I start to elevate to a certain point, I, I lose my, not self-control, but control of my thought as much, you know, I lose, <laughs> yeah, I guess it is self-control. You were upset about that, so. Yeah. But, I yelled at Ryan a little bit, you got a little. Animated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had just got the airboat, took it out for a spin on the flats, and uh, I was telling him it's like a jet ski, you know, the way you steer it. Like, you can't be afraid to throttle it, because that's the only way it'll turn, you mm-hmm. know? And we were coming up on a tree. I mean, it was snapped off probably 10 feet up, but it was still, I'm going to guess, an old cottonwood, because it was pretty wide. And uh, coming at it head-on, and we were going to turn right 90 degrees, and Ryan rocks the stick, turns the rudders, and the boat doesn't spin. Well, it spun, but it didn't turn. It just spun sideways. And it kept drifting. I told him, you gotta throttle it. You gotta throttle it. And then he kind of straightened it back out and throttled it. And then went to turn it again. 
And about the time he turned it sideways, we made impact. And I can't, you'll have to tell me, did you go across a boat or did yeah. Sarah go across the boat? Both of those. Because one, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Now, Bree and Ryan and Akia and I were all squeezed into the bench seats. So yeah. we, we just kind of rocked. Right. We, you know, we, we didn't go anywhere because we were squeezed in there. But you and Sarah were up front with about six feet between you because it's the front of an airboat. Yeah. <laughs> Eight foot wide. <laughs> and all I remember is you went to one side and you either caught Sarah's elbow or... Something cut my... Yeah, I think she got me or something, but I, that was a sudden... <laughs> cut your lip pretty good, though, didn't yeah, it? Yeah. Wasn't I, it your lip? I remember it was killed because I had a little blood. She was starting to feel real bad because she's seen that little blood on my... She was kind of scared of her. You know, she was kind of scared. She's seen that blood on my lip. She just cried a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't want to ride in it anymore. No, she was. She was all done. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh well. You yeah. Get through that all right. Yeah. Just yep. a little cut lip. Now was that your first airboat ride? Yeah, that was the first time I was ever on an airboat. Well. And the last time, I think. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> no, I don't know. Things happen. I wasn't at that bottom. <laughs> no, but that's uh, yeah. Yep. That actually reminds me, too. I wanted to get your perspective on, uh, I was telling it, the story on the last three brothers. When uh, Ryan and I pulled in that night, and there was a possum out in the field. Well, it was under your bird feeder, and I saw it take off across the field. Mm-hmm. So I ran it down. Oh, yeah. And then while I'm out in the field, <laughs> yeah. I, I hear some commotion. So you you ripped him out <laughs> of the car. So you go ahead and... Well, no, go ahead. Tell. Well, no, I, I, already, I already told it on the last one. I just, I wanted to get your perspective, and then when I sit down with him, I'm going to get his side. Well, I didn't know. I just looked. I seen the car out here with the headlights shining out in the field, and I thought, well, I didn't know who it was. So I ran out here, and I, I started, yeah, I don't know, yelling, and I was screaming, and you know, I was pretty loud, and I probably said a few violent things there, that threatening things to Ryan, I didn't know it was Ryan, you know, and I, I could see it through the window, and then finally, well, then I, I think I seen you out in the field or something, I don't know, it's like drill or something, and Ryan, he said, oh, he kind of rolled his window down, I said, oh, Ryan, oh, man, I didn't know who that was, I somebody was seen something out in my field, was gonna, you know, ran out there and shot or something, I was kind of ticked off, I was mad, because I was really, I was really screaming at Ryan, and he just, he didn't know what to do. Yeah, he was he was sitting there like he didn't know what to say or what to do because <laughs> I was beating on the window. And I thought, man, you know, and I was calling him all kinds of names and everything. So I didn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he said you pulled him out. I remember you guys. <laughs> I remember you guys standing by the car when I got back up here, and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, that took me. You know, I finally figured out what it was. I thought somebody, you know, so I just seen somebody pulled in my yard and pulled in my driveway and signed their lights out in the field, and it's. Somebody was running out there, and I thought, huh, I didn't know who that was. So, <laughs> so I ran out there. With, I guess I kind of panicked, too. I didn't think about, you know, all I seen was somebody out in my driveway doing something. I, thought, I assumed that when you somebody out there in the shining, they were going to shoot something, you know. Or you, so that's why I ran out there. Yeah, I know. That's kind of a humiliating thing on my part, I guess, you know. No, not, not at all. Yeah, not well, I mean, all. you know, I've always been kind of embarrassed about that, but. Because I, I shouldn't have been, I should have had more common sense, I guess, for thinking, you know, it's got to be, 
can't be somebody would knew that. <laughs> well, nobody's going to pull into somebody's yard you know, and just jump out and you know shine your lights like you're going to, sh- you know. So, <laughs> but all I did is seen somebody do that, and I, as soon as I seen that car, I didn't know. I just thought it was somebody that wasn't that shouldn't have been there. So that's why I ran out there. <laughs> you remember if you ripped him out or not? I don't remember ripping him out. Maybe I might. Yeah, have. I'm, I'm pretty sure you you opened the door and pulled him I, out. I think I did open the door because I remember I was beating and I started to open the door or something, you know. And, and I think that's when I, after I got the door open, see it was he was kind of sitting there like, huh, you know, he didn't know what was going on. He probably didn't. He probably, you know, he thought uh, I knew who he was and I was still mad. I guess you know, so I was upset. Maybe that's what his problem was, you know. So that's why he didn't dare say anything. Yeah, no, I uh, I remember that was that was pretty funny for a couple of days. Grandma wouldn't. Oh yeah, she kept bringing that up. Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, again, Steve Ranella's scale of fun at the in in the moment probably not for me. It, for me, I'm not saying it wasn't fun because I wasn't really involved in it. I was out in the field handling yeah. a possum. Yeah, like I were, said, I heard some commotion. I was like, I wonder what that's about. You know? Yeah, you were on that field. No, I, yeah, I seen, <laughs> seen somebody out there in the field running or something, and I thought, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't know it was you, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Was. <laughs> and honestly, I probably wouldn't have been out there, but I thought it was a raccoon. Yeah. <clears throat> I know, you know. Yeah, you pulled there, in, jumped out, and took off running. And, you know, and the headlights are shining out in that field. You know, I thought, well, you know, I instantly got ticked off, I guess, and <laughs> ran out there. Yeah, I remember happen. beating on the car window, and then I grabbed the door handle. And I was cussing and hollering and swearing and everything, you know. So, yeah, yeah, that, I did. <laughs> that will happen. Yeah, it was Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> you and Ryan, but I mean Ryan was in the car. So, <laughs> yep. yep, yep. When I bring that up, he's, you know, he's almost always like, "Man, your grandpa, dude, he." He does not play with his property. <laughs> uh, no, I've had a couple of other issues with people, you know, trespassing. So, trespassing and poaching. Actually, I told that story too about. Uh, I probably have to bleep it out, but uh, oh no, I don't. It's not his first name. Uh, the Litwiller guy. Oh yeah. When when he, I was telling that story about when he shot, I was out squirrel hunting and I heard a shot. And then I can't, I'm pretty sure I called Grandma and had you come out because I remember you coming out with the revolver and we found that buck that he had shot back by the line. Yeah. And then you confronted him. It's like, you know, my grandson heard you shoot and he's like, no, it wasn't us, you know, and then it turned into an argument of, well, now you're calling my grandson a liar, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah. (laughs) So I told him. Then his, his boy tried to blame it on the, some other, he said it was some Oriental guy out there in the woods or something. He said, I heard him shoot. I think it was him. I said, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I know who it was. Yeah. That was you. And I, you know, and he was on my property too, you know. I mean, that's where the deer was. And yeah. Anyway, I, I don't. <laughs> I do remember flipping it over because we I remember looking at it for probably 10 minutes. We were trying to yeah, figure out what happened. Yeah, we couldn't, he was dead, but we couldn't find any. Blood or not, I finally had to turn him over and there a little drop of blood coming out of the shot with a twenty-two. Yeah. So, and that was kind of ticked me off. So, and that was 
you know, during skunk squirrel season or something, you know. Yeah, it was early. Yeah. I mean, it was it was before youth, youth hunt, because, I, oh, you yeah. know. Yeah. I'd have been youth hunting. No, they were out squirrel hunting, and they seen that deer and shot it, you know, so. And yeah. they tried to put it on somebody else. First thing in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what their plan was with it either, because they live a little oh. ways away, you know, like. Yeah. I don't know, you know. Maybe just to do it. Yeah. Was just it's hard to figure out people like that so yeah you, know, you can't you know <laughs> i now remember something about matt was when they moved in over close to him and he was talking about i said well matt's they were talking to matt one time and he said they were talking about hunting and going over your hunting he says well, matt says well you can't hunt over this private property and they looked at him like huh private property what's the what is that you know they that doesn't mean nothing to them, you know. They just hunt wherever they want to, you know. Like, mess away. That's not. You can't just hunt wherever you want to, you know. It's like that's private property. You have to have permission to hunt on private property, and you know. I guess I don't know where they came from. They they lived down south for a long time. Like, I don't know what those. They just do that down where they came from, but they don't do that around here. So, but them they didn't even think that was a issue, you know. They could just go wherever they want to do. So, yeah, that's the way they were. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's and that, honestly, that's. Yeah, I I had an issue with them before that. You know, that well, was like a couple. Oh yeah, several actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I you know I just I know that uh. We were talking about it on the uh, three brothers, but you know it's stuff like that that. You know when you're, carrying a. A sidearm for personal protection out there you know yeah people's ears per perk up when you say that you know and that's but you know they don't they haven't experienced you know stuff like that i mean one you're in the woods with a guy that has a weapon too you know mm -hmm. and it may not be <laughs> you know especially something like a 22 or a 22 mag you know not super powerful but powerful enough and i mean you got some range with it some accuracy but you know, when you do have a confrontation like that, it's a lot harder to defend yourself with that, for one. But then also you're going out with people like that that just, frankly, don't care. Yeah, they don't care. You know, and it's like, okay, you're going to shoot a deer out of season, then you're going to argue with me, you're going <laughs> to lie to me about it, you're going to be on my property, what won't you do? Right. You know, yeah. if, if it gets heated enough, what's, you know, Yeah. what's it <laughs> going to come to? Right. You know, you're going to put it down, are we going to fist fight? It's or a good idea to me? just... just yeah. Let the DNR take care of that, but it's kind of hard sometimes. And you see, you're right here, you know, and you see what's going on, so. But. Yeah, and honestly, you know, with as busy as it gets around here, sometimes oh, yeah. it's hard to even pinpoint the vehicle. It's hard to go get a plate number yeah, or anything like that. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately is right, yeah. So have you had any uh, encounters like that fishing? I know, well, actually, <laughs> other than threatening to flip the canoe, you know, I know well, salmon fishing is hectic. You know, years ago, we used to, everybody used to, you know, could snag salmon, but it wasn't, places where it was legal, but a lot of places, you know, most places it wasn't. There were just a few places where it was legal, but most everybody still did it in the rivers and stuff, you know. In fact, I did it. I mean, I was, I remember that one time. <laughs> I was with your mother was with us <coughs> or with me, and we were at the. I believe it was uh, just. I think that was a Baldwin River. It was 
It was, you know, Baldwin's not smaller than the Pierre Marquette, but really narrow. Yeah, and it was some. We were using like, like I don't know, casting lures or something, you know, trying to snag them, and I don't know. We, I don't think we were having a lot of luck or anything, but we were, you know, paying attention to what we we're doing, fishing on turning around, and there's a the NR guy right behind us, you know. So I thought we was in trouble, but you know, he knew what was going on. But you know, at that time, it's like. I guess maybe because I had my daughter or something, maybe that helped. But he kind of, he knew he said, you guys, you know, there's not, you can't snag here, you know. And he was, we had checked our license and everything, and my license, and daughter, your mother wasn't old enough then. But, you know, it's funny because you, they're pretty clever. <laughs> if you're yeah. DNR guys, they watch you for a long time to see what you're doing for. They haven't, you know. So, well, you know what, that's how they, you're not supposed to be doing that stuff, so. If you are, I guess you're not, you can't, you can't defend it. Uh, <clears throat> I can't, I'm pretty sure it was with you. Um, cause I believe I was maybe 16, 17. Do you remember that DNR that, uh, he was in waders fly rod and he was fishing just a little bit downstream of us. I can't remember. It might have been steelhead or salmon, but I remember he was fishing with us for probably seemed like an hour or two, and then we come out of the water, and he gets out of the water and walks up, and not only wanted to check your license, but he wanted to check the way our lines were rigged uh-huh. because you know we're chucking and ducking, throwing with some weight. Yeah. He wanted to make sure we were only running two flies, and I think he bought, brought some sort of measuring device out to make sure one of your hooks wasn't. Yeah, you got to have a certain hook size. I don't remember the size, you know. The... <laughs> but I, I just remember. I'm pretty sure it was with you, because, like I said, I was younger. But I'm, I, I oh, just yeah, remember the... fishing with him. I think I even might have walked downstream to do some scouting and talked to the guy on my way by, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know. We're yeah. getting out of the water to take a break, yeah. eat some jerky or something, and then he, here he comes, like, hey. Yep. <laughs> having any luck? It's like, dude, you're right down from us. You know what luck we're having, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was dressed up, waders yeah. and vest and everything, just looked like a regular guy out there fishing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he was fishing, because like I said, he was in the water for a while. Mm-hmm. So, which I guess might be a perk of the job. Yeah. True. Know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've always, that's what I've always thought about that job, you know. Oh, you get to, it wouldn't be a bad occupation, but, you know, you get right, on, right around the lakes, you know, and get those nice boats and just cruise around. And I guess, you, know, you see all the, where, where the f- good fishing's at, you know, you find all the good fishing spots. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got the four-wheelers, you know, you can drive around and nice trucks. <laughs> yeah. You do a lot of things like that. The only the only thing that I kind of think might be a downside is everybody you encounter, unless you're working on, you know, fishing poachers or whatever, is, uh, you know, you're out in the deer woods or whatever, you're dealing with guys that aren't happy to see you and they're armed. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, most of those, if you're obeying all the laws, you know, they ain't going to have a problem with you. So if you're doing something wrong, well, you know, I guess... 
Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like the guys you encounter that you you know you have to actually, you know, serve yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that could be an issue. That's because a lot of people, you know, they uh, <laughs> they think they're above the law. I guess you know they, geez, you see it all the time. Those those people that break the law like that, you know, over and over and over, same guys. They just keep doing it. There's no, I don't know why, but see the same guys that get. Doing the same thing, catch them once, you know, turn around the next yeah. day or next week, you know, there they are again, you know. So some of those guys, I don't know what it is. They just not don't get it. <laughs> no. And they, they won't. That's the thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. So well, other than that, have you ever seen anybody, you know, do anything crazy, like back a truck in with their boat or anything like that out fishing? Any bad boat launches or... Boat accidents. I've never. I seen one that was close. That was with my grands or my nephew. I mean, <laughs> it was. Uh, he was quite small, and brother-in-law was back in his boat. In that's not a fishing boat. It was a ski boat, and it was a real steep incline. And. <laughs> And he gets out of the car, you know, we were doing some stuff with the boat, you know, trailers and stuff, getting everything going in the water. And Jeff got the car out of gear. I don't he was, you know, he was real small and he just somehow popped the lever. Popped it in a neutral <laughs> and that start boat or car and everything started going downhill pretty fast. But Jim happened to be lucky enough to get it jumped back in the car and got it stopped. But that was a close one. <laughs> Cause that was that was a steep hill. He was going to, you know, even though the only one in the car was uh, Jeff, he's about three years old, I think, something like that, you know. And he he was sitting there in front of this driver's side, and he wound up getting that thing out of gear. <laughs> Luckily, it didn't but, run anybody over. Yeah, I know it could, it could have been pretty pretty bad, but I guess Jim was close enough to the car; he just jumped in. And, but yeah, you've seen a lot of those <laughs> stories about boat launches, so. Yeah, boat launch fails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, the motorhomes get back in the water, you know, even back in motorhomes all the way under. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, those are honestly pretty funny when you see them on video. Yeah. And you get to watch somebody just panic and make it ten times worse. Yeah. You know, not funny for the person probably in the moment, but looking right. back in life, they're it's mm. probably pretty funny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Will you ever have any... um? Geese or swans attack you out there on the water? Yeah. Any close encounters? Those swans. <laughs> man, you got to be, you know, you got to be careful. Of those Those things, are, they're pretty aggressive. I mean, sometimes they can be. They'll come right up to the boat. And, you know, geez, we had to get away from them a couple of times over to Crystal. I don't know if he fed them something, you know, then they would swim right up there. And, they, you know, they were just poking everything, you know, trying to, you have to, and you, you know, you have to be careful them too. You don't want to. <laughs> got people watching them, so you know you got protecting them. But man, they don't need any protection. They got their own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can take care of themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's happened a couple times over at Crystal. Yeah, I actually I think it was at Crystal. We were taking the boat out, and there was some dude throwing rocks at the oh, swans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they ran him into somebody's yard. 
Oh, yeah, they got... <laughs> Swan took off from... I mean, he was throwing them probably 40, 50 yards, you know, away. Mm-hmm. And that swan zeroed in on him. Yeah. <laughs> ran him right down, ran across well, the yeah, water. Yeah, they take right off across the water. <laughs> and I see something like that coming at you. It's like, man, yeah, they get... I forgot about that one. Yeah, those... Yeah, they can get really aggressive. It just... He took a beeline for that kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool, though, when they are when they have their... I don't know if you call them swanlings or ducklings, but when they got their little ones and their wings are all bowed up. Yeah. And their little ones are riding around on their back, yeah, you know? That's pretty cute. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yep. I don't know if that's the male or the female or if they both do that, yeah. ride around with them, but... Yeah, I don't know either. All I know is that male usually is making sure that mm-hmm. nothing comes within... Yeah. I mean, I've seen videos from chasing off uh, like a pike and bass and stuff that... You know, we're in the shallows that they see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, they're pretty aggressive. Yeah, which, you know, being a bright white bird, I guess you kind of got to be because you stick out. Yep. <laughs> you know. That's but. What, yeah. That's why there's still some around. They know how to take care of themselves. <clears throat> yeah. Only I, the strong survive. <laughs> yeah, they're not. I mean, they're pretty. Yeah. But you don't want to get too close. No. All right. They'll let you know if you get too close. Yeah. Yeah, they will. <laughs> and uh, usually there's not much warning. No. Yeah, they can turn <laughs> on you quick. Well, do you uh, you have any other water-related stories that kind of stick out? Tubing, skiing, anything like that? Fishing, you know, that kind of just pops in the in the mind? I know you probably got to... Get something to eat here pretty soon. It's getting a little late, but. Well. Figured before we wrap up, if you had any more that kind of pop in your mind. The only thing I can remember one time I was. I was. Yeah, no, I was tubing. I couldn't remember if I was tubing or skiing, but I was. Jim was, you know, kind of going around, making a real sharp turn. You man, you can really get flying around it, you know, when they do that, when that tube. Well, I flipped off, and man, I went skidding across the top of the water, and then I just bought a brand new bathing suit. It was, it was kind of like terry cloth, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't have much left after I had, water almost ripped it all off from me. That was, that was a, you know, man, I didn't want to get out of the water because I almost had to hold myself in my bathing suit together, you know? So It shredded it? Just about, yeah. I had just a little bit of, well, I had, the waistband was still there, but, you know, <laughs> kind of ripped it up both sides of the legs there. At what, when I was, because I went tumbling across the top of the water, you know. And yeah. that, that water, that was like the first time I ever wore those bathing suits. And I guess it was the last, because there wasn't much left. Wow. Yeah, I guess I never would have. Yeah, I never, you and think was nothing like that ever happened, but, you know, I went. You know, you can really get flying on that tube and you're going around circles. Yeah. And when I went off that thing, that water just ripped that little, ripped my bean suit right off, almost off, you know, ripped it right off me. Yeah, that does not <laughs> sound uh, fun. It does not sound no, fun. No, I mean, it wasn't, didn't hurt or nothing, you know, but it was just, oh man, kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's not the, not like getting I thrown. A, well, they had a thong left, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You ever go with another uh, Terry Cloth <laughs> no, swimsuit? No, that was the last one. <laughs> the only one I ever had, that was the last one. Yeah. Probably for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, we'll probably wrap it up here and I'll let you get some dinner. I've been taking up your afternoon, but... Uh, okay. Next, well. next time, if you can maybe think of any uh, Great Lakes stories or just whatever you want to talk about, you know. All right. Anything okay, that sticks good. out, but... All right, well, until then. Okay, until then. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Whistlepig. If you would like to support this podcast, please like and subscribe, rate and review, and follow on social media at Whistlepig Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can email questions or comments to whistlepigpodcast at gmx.com. That's G as in girl, M as in man, access and x-ray.com and until you hear from me again get outside take a kid with you and stay free